0: Welcome back. Clock's on the stove. Usual host, myself, Mr. Zach Watts. And somehow we got blessed enough to get the most popular man in Tampa Bay area, Stuart Ford.
1: Stop, stop. That's too much. Too much.
0: (laughs) So we got a a lot of college football to go over. We're going to do our usual routine recap week five. Got some good week six games as well as odds we think you should take. And, uh, Some new faces in the University of Wisconsin, possibly. So let's start us off. First game, we put it on our betting slip. Number 15, Washington, headed over to University of Central Los Angeles and lost 40-32, to which is crazy because I thought that was a lock. I thought UCLA was overrated. They barely beat South Alabama by a freaking one-point game-winning field goal. Mike Penix was on a Heisman run. Everything seemed to look like this is crazy. But Stuart Ford was like, hey, man, not so fast. Don't, don't, well, don't throw on them Huskies.
1: I mean, Grayson Texas. I think you texted Caleb and I. Uh, he's, he's a friend of the pod as well, clearly. Uh, what was it, two hours before the game? And you go, Washington's a lock. And I had already locked in my UCLA bet. I said, dude, the line's way too fishy. DTR is going to snap. Penix, I mean, I loved him at Indiana. Then he had the injury looked terrible last year, comes to Washington. I still love him as a player. Um, but I mean, you just got to pump the brakes. It's week four or five. I mean, whenever, when everyone's talking about a, a possible run or something like that, always pump the brakes, especially with a team like UCLA. It's still a big name. You know, it's a pack 12 or pack yeah, Pac 12 game. So I, I saw right through that line. I'm sorry you lost on that, but
0: yeah. And I didn't throw on it. I didn't throw on it. So actually, Thank you for that. So I have this new, I have this new, like I would say like betting mindset now where I, I, I look at a game on Friday, right? I look at a Friday night game and I'm like, all right, this is the game. I think if I was going to bet, I would bet on this. Okay. So for example, I was like, I'm going to bet Washington minus, cause it was, it was three and a half and we did our pod. And then it went to two and a half when the game started. And I was like, all right, I'm going to slam Washington minus two and a half, but I didn't touch it. And then it lost, so I was like, I'm not betting this weekend. So what I do now is I do, a, <laughs> I do a mental bet on Friday. If it hits, we're looking good for Saturday and Sunday. If it doesn't hit, we stay away. There's just no reason to lose I mean, money.
1: That's one strategy. That's, that's one strategy for sure. You could also look at it. I'm not trying to get you into betting if you're not comfortable when you're losing, but you can always look at it. There's got to be a regression to the mean at some point. If you're losing, you got to win. So. Um, yeah, I, was I uh, also just always hit up me for. I mean, could have just taken UCLA and rode me, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking on the actual game, all I gotta say is, uh, I don't think UCLA is a better team than Washington. I just think the two early picks from Penix, they weren't able to come back on UCLA. Um, DTR is freaking legit. I don't like UCLA, I hate actually probably every single team in the Pac 12, but he's yeah. pretty legit, dude. He, he showed he's legit, he was a very highly recruited. Uh, quarterback coming out of high school and although Penix had those two picks he still didn't play horrible I mean 33 for 48
2: 345 yards and
0: four touchdowns
2: yeah I mean I feel like my fault when analyzing this game is I tried to compare the offenses too much and I feel like where I made my biggest mistake was not looking at Washington's defense over their past couple games I think UCLA's overall rushing attack completely tore apart um, Washington and because it was so successful in that first half I mean Zach Charbonnet, 22 carries, 124 yards. Uh, Dorian Thompson, 10 carries, 53 yards. They were able to um, control the clock so well heading into the second half that Washington had to rely on Penix kind of taking over with his arm. And it's not to say that he couldn't. It's just when you're – I think they were down um, 26 to 10 going into the half. Like you're already down by that much, especially to a rushing attack. You've got to try to hurry things up, try to get back into it with the passing game. And it just wasn't working out. They weren't able to get any stops. I mean. We all saw the video of um, DTR making that cut, making two Washington defenders dive into each other. And, that the, was kind hurdle of on the, and the hurdle. Yeah, and the hurdle. That was definitely the nail in the coffin for me. I was just so disappointed with that performance. I think I was riding, like Stu said, I was riding too high on Washington up to that point. I think Penix was playing unbelievable. He still, he still played great outside of those two interceptions, but I definitely favored the offenses too much in this one, and it came back to bite me in the ass.
0: Yeah, real quick, before we go on to the next game, only thing this is not related what I'm about to say to the game whatsoever. But um, like I said, DTR is a really, really good quarterback, but he has a sus-ass tattoo, bro. He has a sleeve. He has a – oh, it's so sus. He has a sleeve, and it's pretty clean. Like, it has like, has, like, Kobe Bryant on it. Like, it has, like, some of that. And then it has Drake. He has a tattoo <laughs> of another grown-ass man <laughs> that's alive. On his body. Yeah. He has a Drake tattoo on his forearm.
1: Please, get a lyric or something.
0: No, yeah, a lyric, yeah. all right, maybe. Like, you know, maybe that song touched your heart. But you have a photograph of a grown – you are a grown-ass man of another grown-ass man on your arm. Like, Kobe's dead. I understand, rest in peace. He's a legend. But, like, if a man's alive, that's sus. I'm sorry. That's sus. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I'll just stick with that, yeah.
0: We are our next game <laughs> – We took – it was Michigan going into Iowa, number four Michigan going into Iowa. So, Iowa – this was terrible. Yeah. We don't think Iowa's good, but going into this game, Iowa was four and five in their last five at home against AP top five teams, including a Michigan team that they beat two years ago. So, I'm thinking, all right, we took took Iowa plus 11. I'm like, Michigan's offense is doo-doo. Iowa's offense is also doo-doo, but their defense is pretty pretty good. They've been holding – teams a low score. There's no way Michigan's going to put up more than 11 and they fucking do. They beat them 27 to 14. It's just it was it was boring game. I mean, Michigan's offense is literally corum. They McCarthy's garbage. I don't care what anybody says. He just plays the the QA. he just does A to B passes. He doesn't do anything electric and Corum carries them. Their O-line's good and their solid defense. They're like they're a standard Wisconsin team basically. That's how I look at them. Like, <laughs> They're your normal Big Ten team, an average quarterback with a great running back, great o line and good defense. Iowa sucks. I like Michigan, hmm.
1: but I hate Iowa. I mean, I think – look, I live in a house with a, with a Michigan fan, so I obviously have a, a Michigan bias because I hear all the good things about them. Um, this game was 27-14. It was not 27-14. This was a route the whole time. We were outside the number the whole game. Uh, we had a shot at the very end, but Petrus sucks. sucks. Uh, the offense sucks. Sucks. The only hope that we had was a pick six from McCarthy. And I don't think McCarthy's that terrible either. I think he's inexperienced, but I do know. I agree. Corum is the offense at this point. And, uh, I mean, to say that we were two points off the spread is crazy after watching that full game because Iowa is dog shit. I'm I'm canceling them for good. Like, I cannot bet on them. I cannot watch any games from them anymore. It is not fun to watch. I agree. It's not fun to watch. So Bro, they have the number good. one
0: offensive tackle recruit in the country still committed to them.
1: I don't know how. They I must really be giving
0: him the bag.
1: I guess, dude. I mean, they 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 do have a good, I mean, Worfs is out of there. Like, don't they have someone else that's, that's coming out? A Mellon's out of there. Yeah, like I I don't know. I hate Iowa. Iowa's was canceled wow, me. That's that my take cool. from this game. Iowa's
2: canceled. I like it. that. I like that take. Um, from what I saw. Out of this game, like obviously Iowa just absolute dog shit. Petrus just I don't I don't know how bad their backup is because obviously they're not even giving him a chance. And considering how poor their QB play has been, it really just isn't helping them at all. For Michigan side of things, uh, you know, we talked about Grayson touched on it, the A to B passes, not really forcing your young, and inexperienced quarterback into any mistakes this early in the season. Um, you know, if it's winning you games, you know, you have a strong running game. You don't want your quarterback throwing any interceptions, trying to lose you any of these games. I understand that, but look, if we're being honest, if you're a top four team right now and you envision your team as a college football playoff team, you have to start forcing McCarthy into some difficult situations where he has to make some big time plays. Cause I promise you, once you get into the late game, late games in the season, you get to that big 10 championship, you get to the college football playoff. You're going to have to have your quarterback play step up a ton. And if you're just going to keep coasting by by just spoon feeding him essentially with these baby ass plays um, only like either behind the line of scrimmage or two to three yards downfield, you're going to get caught against one of these better defensive fronts. And I think it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Look, no issue with it. Now Quorum has been amazing. 29 carries 133 yards this last game. He's been a key piece for this Michigan team. Their defense is playing pretty well. Um, But if they want any success, late in the season, have any chance at a bowl game or winning that bowl game or even the playoffs, you have to start seeing how good your quarterback actually is. I think spoon-feeding him is only going to hurt you in the long run. And especially if this guy is supposed to be a long-tenure guy at Michigan, see what you have now before it's too late. Because I think it's only going to cause problems the more you go on with it.
0: I agree. Moving on to our next game, which was I thought was going to be – which honestly was a great game. I'm not going to knock it. I thought, I thought it was going to be game of the week. Um, number 14 Ole Miss hosted number seven Kentucky Ole Miss pulling it through 22 to 19 finishing a game-winning drive by Levis got shut down pretty quick by the Ole Miss defense um, first and foremost do you guys think it's weird that Ole Miss doesn't sell out their stadium in a game like this I mean
1: that's why Lane Kiffin's going to Auburn next year so yeah. that's oh, why maybe, Lane Kiffin, that's, that's the truth bomb right there that's why Lane Kiffin's going to Auburn
0: but, like, Ole Miss, like, I know a bunch of kids that go to school there and they love it and, like, they tailgate hard. Like, they like their football team, but they can't get – you're a top 15 team in the country in the SEC. You should be selling out every single game. Like, no, I don't They're understand. all about the
1: Grove. They're all about the Grove and getting drunk. They don't, they don't respect the football yeah, players. Like, it was just
0: crazy to watch that game. And, like, the, even the announcers brought it up. Like, this isn't a sold-out game. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. Their stadium sucks, too. I'm not a big fan of the stadium. Yeah. Uniforms were fire. Liked it. Anyways – I love Lane train as we were with him at FAU and his year that I had with them was spectacular. And he's, I liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, but I am a big Kentucky guy. I like Bob Stoops. I like Will Levis. Um, I didn't get to watch too much of this game, but just to, I'll let you guys digest that a little more, but I do want to bring up a statistic real quick before I pass the rock to you guys about Will Levis. I think he's a solid quarterback. Um, I don't think he's as good as the hype is. And I thought he was going into this season, but let me read you a statistic. That's just absurd, absurd from the season in the 2022 football season. This year, he has 40 rushing attempts for a combined of negative 56 yards. He has 40 rushing attempts for a combined minus 56 yards overall. And in this game's particular, he had nine rushes for negative 19 yards. So, like I said, the kid's good. I do believe he has one more year of eligibility after this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Actually, he's a senior, so he doesn't. But he has the tools. I just don't know. Like I said, I didn't watch this game. I don't know if it's their O-line. I don't know if it's the play call. I don't know what it is. But for some reason, it's not working. He's just, like, one step behind from being great, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so – I, I was tuning back and forth between Iowa, Michigan, and this game. And, you know, first, first quarter, Ole, Ole Miss throws up 14. Oh, by the way, before I even start, Kentucky was the most public play of the day. They were getting seven. They were ranked ahead of Ole Miss. Um, in Ole Miss, I mean, Will Levis is supposed to be great. But, like I said, before this game, I thought he was. Um, after the first quarter, it was really a test of who wanted to lose the game more, seriously. Ole Miss put up five points in the second quarter and a field goal in the second half. So they didn't score another touchdown. They got a safety and two field goals. Lane was pissed off in the in the presser after the game about the offense. Uh, but Will Levis ended up having a shot at the end of the game to tie it up or win it, um, and he ended up fumbling. And the drive before that, he gave it up again. I think it was some, something, either a big sack or a turnover, I can't remember. But what I saw from him on the sideline after, he you literally just lost them the game because you fumbled and he's chewing his coaches out. I was shocked. I was like, dude, you're like one of the top quarterback prospects for the draft, and you're this is like a bad look right now. Yeah, I was blown because I liked his. I've kind of liked the charismatic like side of him. Uh, he has some funny quotes during the Florida week, and um, I've liked his game so far, but this is the first like the most I've watched him. Was not impressed, wasn't impressed with Ole Miss either, but. Um, yeah, basically it's just a game of who, who wanted to lose more and Will Levis lost them the game.
0: That's why yeah, we're, we're sorry, Zach. Real quick for you go, we're bashing uh Will Levis, but I think Jackson Dart sucks. I think he is oh, just yeah. so yeah, overrated. No. And you look at all these USC quarterbacks, bro, then none of them pan out. They yeah. never pan out. Slavis, him, Lev, uh what's it called? Slavis and JT Daniels. They all suck. Yeah. And yeah. I understand Dart is like they liked him because he had this like Matt Corral, like esque to him where he could move and throw, but like Dude, Matt Corral could throw dimes. This kid cannot. I think this kid's in over his head.
1: Yeah, I mean, one more thing, and then Zach, you can go. But I, I was just shitting on Will Levis. I think he's pretty good. Like yeah, I think so, he's, yeah, exactly. He's good quarterback, but didn't like what I saw from when he was turning it over. And obviously, you can't turn the ball over multiple times or whatever happened. I've forgotten this drive before. But anyways, yeah, I, Kentucky should have won that game. They could have and should have won that, that game. At least could have gone to overtime because they were in field goal range and he turned it over. So that's yeah. my feeling.
2: Um, so you're completely correct. An aspect of whoever wanted to lose this game more, um, would end up losing it. And Kentucky surely did that. Look, let me break it down for you. Uh, Kentucky two missed extra points. They missed a wide left field goal. They had a touchdown wiped at the end of the game due to an illegal motion. And then in back-to-back yeah. drives to take the lead to tie the game, they have two strip sack fumbles to lose the game. So, I mean, uh, it, it kind of hurt. Because those two missed extra points it literally got to the point where you had uh Kentucky's coach literally like we can't even roll out our kicker anymore he can't even make the simple PAT attempts so we have to go for two um we're forced to even in field goal range we have to go for it on fourth down um th- like uh it just ended up working out so well for Ole Miss to win this game because Kentucky had ample opportunity to win this um the entire game look Unfortunately for Will Levis, didn't play his last game. O-line failed him in the most crucial moments of the game with some strip sacks that I don't think were necessarily his fault. Both came off the blind side because I was watching the game, tuned into the fourth quarter, and, like, like, it was so painful to watch. Like, I couldn't imagine being a Kentucky fan and having to watch it because you literally were like, all right, we're right here. Like, we can do this. It's fine. You miss field goals. You have your touchdowns taken back to penalties. Your guy's getting strip sacked. You get the ball back, you get strip sacked again. Like, (laughs) dude. What else can go wrong? Like, it just, oh my God. And the fact that they lost by three points, like that literally gets taken away if your kicker just makes his extra point attempts and is able to make his field goal. But it just shows that recruiting kickers matters and they win and lose you games. So, you know, I know some people abide by saying like, you know, we shouldn't have kickers. They don't really matter to the game of football, but I stand by that they are the most important. Special teams is a third of the game. It will win you and lose you your games. And this was like a key proponent, especially in this game. That's just-
0: um, this next game, Zach, I'm going to let you take it over because you're the one that had to pick that hit for this game as TCU dismantled number 18, Oklahoma, 55 to 24. And when we did our pre pod outline, Mr. Zach Watts here had, I got a feeling in my cojones that TCU's taking this one. Sony Dykes has got him, he's, he's taking them somewhere. And I was like, you know what, Zach, last time you said this, it hit. I'm going to let you rock it again, and, and it hit. So I'm going to let you break this one down, Zach.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I didn't think it would be this bad. Um, I think one of the key factors in this game, Dylan Gabriel, the transfer, ended up taking a really rough hit on a slide. Um, I think they need to change the slide rule a little bit. I think it leaves a little bit of um, indiscretion for defensive players. They're not really able to make up their mind in time. And I think quarterbacks are taking advantage of that. They're sliding a little too late drawing these penalties, but this is where the um, negative factor of that plays in. You know, you take a hit like that to the back of the head, you're going to be facing a serious concussion protocol. Look, I don't think Oklahoma was prepared at all. Once Gabriel came out of the game, Sonny Dykes, um, seriously pulled away from this point on. I think Sonny Dykes has game planned, um, an amazing season thus far. I think any opponent he rolls out in front of him, he's just been able to dismantle. Um, I think I really bought into this team after I failed to realize where they were at in the SMU game. I thought SMU was still better from the roster that Sonny Dykes had built in that week prior. But it just shows you that coaching will win you games despite a lackluster roster. I mean, it should have been proven to me based off goddamn Willie Taggart um, having (laughs) to watch him be a head coach. But yeah, my... I feel like this was way more skewed than I'll take credit for. I didn't think it'd be this much of a blowout. I'm pretty sure we took the over as well, just because these are really two high-scoring offenses. I just thought Oklahoma's defense was bound to get exposed at some point, and Sonny Dykes was definitely going to be the coach to do it. So that's all I'll leave it at. Um, Great performance by this TCU squad. I think they're riding a little bit of a high. That's why them heading up into this next week, this minus seven versus Kansas, we'll touch on that a little bit more. I think that's a little sketchy. But, um, yeah, just really good performance by them an upset that I kind of saw coming. I think rankings are a little bit um, skewed in some of these spreads, so I thought that was a good game to take advantage of. Stu?
1: I mean, yeah, basically, I mean, I, I like Venables as a coach. I'll say that. I think I think two good coaches just face each other. I really do think he's going to build somebody at Oklahoma. I like how their defense, I mean, 55 points, they didn't show much here, <laughs> that week, but so far the defense had been looking good. Uh, but, the, you know, the talking heads started saying Oklahoma's defense is it back. And then they just got run through. So, I mean, that's what it is. You always got to fade that um, the analysis on TV. That's what I've learned at this point. But, yeah, I don't really have much to say. As soon as Gabriel goes down, it's really it's wraps. You know, they weren't prepared. Yeah, I don't really
0: got much to say on this game either. But um, I, if I'm not mistaken, because I, I only caught the, the second half of this game, um, they were getting whooped before Gabriel got hurt, I believe. Like they were down by like two, two scores when he got hurt, I believe. Yeah. Before he went down, it wasn't looking good for them. I, like, I also like Venables. I think he's going to be great, but, like, he's still not playing with his guys. And it's really hard to coach another guy's recruits because there's a different scheme. There's a different, you know, so I, I do think Venables can get him going. And I said it, when they hired him, he's the perfect guy for a transition into the SEC because he's defensive-minded. But he's still not playing with his guys. It's the same reason why I, don't, I didn't even really knock Ball when they lost to Middle Tennessee. You know, like that's bad. Don't get me wrong; it's horrible. But there still aren't his guys. You know, when you're a coach, you have a you have a feel for the kind of rhythm and the flow and the strategies you have, and and the guys that are playing at Oklahoma right now, the majority of them were a Lincoln Riley team, and that yeah, is nowhere more near. More
1: opposite them. than Venables, yeah. Exactly you know?
0: Opposite of Venables, exactly. Now he did get blessed to get Dylan Gabriel and stuff, but it's still. I, I'm not knocking Oklahoma yet. I, I'm gonna credit more to Sonny Dykes than I am gonna knock Oklahoma.
1: I agree with that.
0: But going into our next game, this this game was just like, oh, dude, Utah hosting Oregon State. Oregon State had that 17 to 14 game against USC the week before where they should have won. Like they literally should have won. They just turned the ball over so many freaking times, and it was like I think it was it was Utah minus 10, and me and Zach are like, bro, there's no way Utah's blowing them out and they just dismantled them. 42-16, to I didn't watch the game. I honestly don't even have much to say on it other than the fact that the Pac-12 sucks and they (laughs) all just beat each other. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. I think it's the worst Power 5 conference, and I think there are seasons, I'm not concluding this season, but there are seasons in the past where the AAC would beat the Pac-12 and head on with with their schedule.
1: That's all I can say about this game. I think – here's a wild conspiracy for you. I think the Pac-12 is just run by Vegas. I think they throw a bum out and play a good game against one of the top teams, get a fat line, a trap line, just like you said, and then just have the good team dismantle it next week. I can see that. It's, it's just like – it's like uh, Wall Street getting manipulated. They're just – I think the Pac-12 is what Be- Vegas makes the most money off
0: of. And There's because, no consistency in the Pac-12 whatsoever. Just
1: cooked. Uh, they just cooked the shit out of it. That's my conspiracy. But, I mean, yeah, Utah – I'm not a fan of Utah. I didn't think they deserved the the ranking they got coming into the season. And Florida's all hyped up. They beat him. I thought that was fake. Um, there was no way they were going in the swamp, but that was that's a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even watch this game. I had no interest in it and – I'm not
2: surprised by the the ending of it. Yeah. Look, we went with Oregon State this game merely for the fact that last game they played a stellar game against USC and should have won the game if USC didn't have four takeaways. So going based off that game, you know, I thought their defense would be able to play a lot better. I thought, if anything, their defense would be comparable to that of a Florida team. You know, maybe not on the front seven, but definitely the DBs-wise, they were solid there. What ended up costing Oregon State in this game a lot, look, when you open up the game with two interceptions in the first quarter, that is the key of starting off on the wrong foot. You know, that pretty much gifted the other team 14 points. You know, four interceptions in all, and two of them came in the red zone. You know, if I were to tell you that this Oregon State team had over 400 yards of total offense and 21 first downs, you would have thought they'd put up more than 16 points in this football game but they didn't, they gave, a, they gave away a ton of points offensively by turning it over and not allowing their defense to really uh, catch up or have like long sustainable drives where they could play like Ben don't break. They were immediately put uh, on their heels, which didn't help them at all. And you know, they were down 42 to 16 going into the fourth quarter. So the fact that they didn't even put up another touchdown shows that they didn't even care at that point. Like they were just, they got smacked in the face. They weren't ready for it. And they were already moving on to next week. Um, yeah, there was a pick six in this game as well. Like, oh, my God, dude. Like, everything just went wrong that could have went wrong. It's kind
0: of crazy uh, how our two biggest locks of the week were both Pac-12 games, and both of them we lost because both
2: games started with two two interceptions. Yeah. One, one more thing I'll add. Look, if Oregon State had kept this game closer, before halftime they were averaging 5.2 yards per carry and 130 yards on the ground. But, one, obviously, once you go down at halftime um, – and going into the third quarter, I think it was, like, 28, um, 2013, 20, something like that, like, you're you're screwed. Like, you you have to end up throwing the ball. Their quarterbacks weren't that good. I thought their rushing attack was going to keep them in this game to keep the spread below 10. That was my entire thought process going into it. But, you know, once you're down that much, you're obviously screwed. And there's no way to bounce back, especially with a team that doesn't have an established quarterback. You know, they brought in another quarterback who also threw two picks on seven pass attempts. So that doesn't help you either mm-hmm. – um, just completely <laughs> embarrassing. Like I, I was so pissed off, mm-hmm. uh, afterwards, just like looking at it and being like, wow, I really wanted to bet on any Pac-12 team. I don't think I ever want to again. Yeah, I'm never. Um, a um, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. It's an embarrassment.
1: Yeah. It's cooked. That's all I got to say. I know it is. I'm going to find out one day. I'm going to make that my life's work.
0: Yeah. On his going to be on his deathbed and be like, I know the answers.
1: <laughs> I mean, Pac-12 is going to be dead by then. They, it's just, yeah. they'll it's be, they'll, gone. Long gone. they'll yeah. be long gone. They'll be long gone.
0: But um, our next game is Alabama went to Arkansas and dismantled them per usual, Alabama 49, Arkansas 26. Um, my takeaways from this game, first of all, I was huge on Arkansas coming into this year. Me and Zach both were. Like, their offense was so – like they had, a, they had a pretty standard SEC defense, and they had a very diverse offense that you don't see in the SEC where they had games last year where eight and ten people had a rushing attempt. You know they move the ball around, and that's very hard strategically for a defense. I like KJ Jefferson a lot, and and in all honesty, if you watch Texas A game, they completely outplayed them, and they they kicked a field goal that hit the top of the goalpost and bounced forward instead of backwards. Like they should have won that game. Um, and there was a point in this game where it was close. It was it was twenty eight. It was twenty eight to twenty three, Alabama going into the fourth, and Bryce Young gets hurt. You know, there's a lot of, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then Alabama's Alabamas, and they put up 21 in the fourth quarter to just take them away. We had Alabama plus 17. Um, I don't understand why it's taking this long for Alabama to finally get the number one spot. I don't – like, Georgia had back-to-back bad games. And, like, yeah, that game against Texas was freaking ugly as hell. But, dude, I feel like in the first – there's no preseason in college football. So the first two weeks are kind of feeling it out still a little. But I think Alabama's gonna Alabama. I don't know the update on Bryce Young of if he's coming when he's back or not. But either way, they're playing Tech A M at home this week. I think they kill them. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of disappointed in this game. I thought KJ Jefferson was gonna was gonna expose them a little more. But I mean, Alabama's Alabama, dude. They're 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 forced to be reckoned with. That's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah, I actually had fun watching this game. I was with Garrett, so we were we had uh, Oklahoma State in the other game, so we were going back and forth between games, and um, it was a blowout at first. So, like, it was really just a courtesy watch on my part. Like, I just I don't really, you know, I hate Alabama. I'm an Auburn fan, but I am an I like I agree with you, Grayson. I'm an Arkansas guy, dude. I like KJ Jefferson, and this game got exciting when Bryce was out. This was getting closer and closer and closer. I mean, and then at the end of the day, like Alabama was just going to pull away. Um, I'm I'm sitting there with Garrett. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, is Gibbs draft eligible? I'm just sitting there, like, like already preparing as an Auburn fan for next year. I'm like, is Gibbs draft eligible? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, nope. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, I don't even want to play him when it matters because it may be, I mean, hopefully it'll matter next year for Auburn. But yeah, I mean, Alabama, I think Georgia de- deserved the number one spot up until this point. I, I saw your uh, TikTok uh, going through the top five and I, I thought it about it uh, I thought it was really interesting. I'm I'm going to
0: say that said, right? I started off the TikTok with this is going to cause controversy. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why I kind of like just stopped and started there for a second. I guess I'll just say it for later, but that was a very interesting TikTok. But but all in all, hate Alabama. I think I'm an Arkansas guy. They're going to win out right next week. We'll go through that later. And um yeah, fuck Gibbs cuz he's going to cause some issues uh, down the road for me as an Auburn fan.
2: Amen. Yeah. Um look, I'll say this Alabama has an answer for everything. Yeah, like yeah. they could literally have a we are Marshall type incident, and Nick Saban would probably trot out a twenty-two man team, and they would still be able to win a football game. I'm no, he's a win. So confident. He's a yeah, win. no, he is insane. Um, I mean, obviously, what it came down to, Bryce Young went out. What did they do? He went to the rushing attack. You know, you thought Arkansas would be able to stop that? Nope. You have a twenty-year-old Jameer Gibbs who is literally people are donning as like. Alvin Kamara Jr., who is no, literally thing. impossible to bring down in any context. Like whether it be you hand the ball off to him inside or outside the gaps, whether he gets the ball in the passing game, like this man is so untouchable. It is insane. 18 carries, 206 yards. I, I really don't know what else you could say. Look, we had a lot of praise early in their season. Arkansas was hot three and and0 broke the top 10. Then you end up you end up with losses to Texas A and M. Now they bounce back and lose to Alabama. Look tough draws I get it I'm not too high on Texas A&M personally I thought that was a fluke game they should have won just you know some offensive mishaps ended up costing that game but I, I just don't know where this team's headed man they looked so pissed for and the the fact that we even took Alabama plus set or minus 17 like with confidence showed, yeah with confidence kind of showed how much trust we had lost um in arkansas another thing i'll say from Alabama side of things you know is bryce young mm-hmm. really like really that guy like is he that no. good to be considered a top quarterback prospect in the nfl like he's not we were already like look look i could understand if you had issues with his size you know he's a little bit undersized with his height and weight he isn't that big of a guy would he be able to sustain a lot of the hits in the nfl i understand those those controversies however his quarterback play up to this point for the Crimson Tide has not, I wouldn't say has won them a lot of football games. Yes, that one play in the Texas game where he evaded a sack that was great um, mental awareness to get out of the pocket and gain that first down, I'll give that to him. Outside of that, he should have played a lot better to not even be in that game with Texas. They should have blown out a lot of the teams they've been playing. And I think he kind of gets carried by the quality roster that they roll out year in and year out. And I, I think that's part- agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I think we kind of saw that too because when Milro came in the game, there's supposed to be this idea of, oh, Bryce Young's so good. You know, is Arkansas going to have a chance to win this game? And they ended up beating them worse. Yeah. They ended no, up running away with it.
1: It's crazy, dude. I mean, Saban put so many pieces around guys. You can date this back all the way to Greg, Greg McElroy. I mean, it's really, other than like Hertz and Tua, that was like the kind of time where it's like Bama quarterbacks and it kind of changed the narrative to like, okay, now Bama quarterbacks are kind of lit. Like then Mac Jones comes in. I don't think he's that great, but he still had the pieces, just like McElroy, McCarron,
0: Coker, way back in the day. Blake Sims.
1: Um, you need to remember and- the
0: right? The reason this quarterback thing started with Alabama was because Lane Kiffin was the offense coordinator, yeah. and it started with Blake Sims. They got yeah. one black quarterback, and they're like, "Oh, look at our, we can run with quarterbacks now." And then they just the trend kept happening.
1: I, I've I've never watched. I've watched a lot of Bama games. I've never since Bryce Young's been the quarterback, and I've never watched a Bama game. I can't remember at least. And I know I'm biased as an Auburn fan, but I'm not like, holy shit. He just won them the game. Like he's, he's that guy. No, like, okay. Bryce Young made a really nice 70 yard bomb. Jamison Williams is under the ball at 20 yards in the defenders. Yeah, late.
0: just completely like, burned the corner. Yeah. But
1: like, oh shit. He just threw a, he just threw that nice slant and like Gibbs is a running back and he's running a slant and he takes it to the house. Like, it's like, yeah, Blake Sims is good man at managing this. But like, if he gets drafted to the Falcons next year, and he has like Akeem Hicks on the Bucks coming at him, and he has to look over his line and then throw it to Olamide Zacharias or whatever, and not Jamison Williams. What's going to happen? I don't right. know. People obviously, this is—I feel like this is a hot take that we're kind of rambling on about right now. People are probably going to disagree, but I see through Blake, uh, what if Bryce Young. Bryce Young, see, I see through him.
0: I uh, think I think that the Heisman should have went to Kenneth Walker last year personally.
1: He, he was the most, he was the least deserving Heisman I've ever seen. I, I don't think anyone deserved a Heisman personally. I don't know,
0: dude. Mariota's Oda, Heisman run was a little sketch, too, in my opinion. I think uh, he,
2: you I want think, to talk, no, 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 you want to talk about someone getting robbed. Dalvin Cook getting robbed yes. of the Heisman over Derrick Henry's, yeah, literally got literally didn't really do much. He was just an oversized fucking human that was a specimen that everyone overrated because he was so good. But if you look statistically, dude. Dalvin wiped the floor with him in every statistical category. Yards per carry, yards after contact, receptions, receiving, total rushing yards, touchdowns, like every category he whooped his ass in. And then they were like, no, let's give it to an Alabama running back. Why? Because they made the playoffs. Yo, That's another robbery. So
0: if we're going to keep on with the robberies, uh, I'm going to – this one might get some controversy from you guys. Devontae Smith winning the Heisman over Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was a back-to-back Doak Campbell winner. Only guy ever in the history of the sport to do it. Broke the rushing record and broke the rushing touchdown record. And literally carried Wisconsin to the Big Ten championship game where they almost beat Ohio State. What did Devontae Smith do? He just had a fucking a quarterback that had 15 seconds of time to sit in the pocket while he burnt corners. <laughs> like, I'm not saying the guy's bad. The guy, still think he's a good Heisman. I just think that was I wrong. Have,
2: I have one more robbery, and this will always piss me off to this day. Christian McCaffrey's senior year run and what Who they decided lose to lose it to. I think this was the one because I think Dalvin lost it to Ingram, maybe. So I think, yeah, I think Dalvin lost it to Ingram, but Christian McCaffrey lost it to Derrick Henry. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but what they elected to do is they gave the other guy to Heisman, but then they gave Christian McCaffrey. AP offensive player. Yeah, I hate when they do that. I,
1: that's I like my that. nightmare. That's my I, why not, I remember that. this Christian McCaffrey thing, and I was so mad when he didn't win it. I think you were right. I don't think Ingram stole it from Cook either, but I I know Cook no, got like he, no,
0: no cook cook got cook got beat by Henry. No, 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 excuse me, by Henry. me, excuse me, excuse me. Henry got beat. Henry beat McCaffrey. Yes, yes. And then I, I know cook, that. cook lost to Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think mm, I know Cook was not with
0: Angry. Really? I, I believe so. Let me double check. The Christian McCaffrey right now was Derrick Henry.
1: No, but I was super mad about the McCaffrey thing. That's what I really was mad about because I mean well, when what year was that? Like 15?
2: 16 was for um Cook. Dude, I think you lost it at Baker Mayfield. No, oh. Lamar Jackson.
1: You're lucky. You're lucky. This isn't an NFL episode. I'd go nuts on Baker. All right. Anyways, let's move on. Let's keep going. With yeah. It.
0: Yeah. Heisman is a now a popularity contest. I think we've been past that. Will Anderson should have yeah. won the Heisman last year, in my opinion. Yeah. But Shit happens. It's no longer the best player. That's just how it is. Agree. This next game, I'm very. I was extremely confident in, and I'm very glad we picked it. Number nine, Oklahoma State went to Baylor and beat them 36 to 25. Let's take a step back and a rewind here. December. December fourth, twenty twenty one, Big Twelve Championship game. Oklahoma State's ranked fifth in the country. Okay, playing Baylor, who was I believe eleven at the time. Oklahoma State wins this game. They slide in as the four seed over Cincinnati and go to the go to the playoffs. Everybody knew it. Cincinnati knew it. Oklahoma State knew it. Everybody knew it. Oklahoma State's quarterback Spencer Sanders shits the fucking bed, and they get they lose to Baylor, and then they go for it. On, on fourth and goal on the one-yard line for the final play of the game and get stuffed. And I remember this exactly. Yeah, and I remember exactly because I was sitting there with my roommate, Reed, his girlfriend, and then my ex-girlfriend at the time and Daytona on formal and I, and they're all like having conversation and I'm just glued into my phone like, holy shit, like because I wanted Cincinnati to go to the playoffs and I was like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. So let me calm down. I am a very big Mike Gundy fan. I think he's the kind of guy like I always preach this it's, and it's a big thing for me as an athlete, too, is when I look for a coach, I'm looking for a guy that's going to coach me in life and a guy that's going to coach me in my sport. I want a father figure. And I think Mike Gundy represents that very well, and he stands up for his guys. You saw the, I'm a 40-year-old man, come after me. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Gundy, And I was very worried going into this game because Dave Arnada or Aranata, whatever the fuck you say his last name, is the head coach for Baylor, who was the D coordinator for Wisconsin and then the D coordinator for the LSU National Championship team. So I was like, all right, they're going to scheme. Like there's a lot of, a lot going on in this game. You know, there's a lot of implications in this game. There's a lot of what happened in the past, but as much as I don't like Spencer Sanders, this dude showed the fuck up this game, bro. 20 for 29, 181 yards, a touchdown and a pick, but 75 yards on the feet with another touchdown. So, I mean, he showed up, I think Baylor, and we talked about it going into the BYU game. They don't have a passing game whatsoever. They don't. Now they got 345 yards in the air, but they got two picks. And it's like, it's like they're, like, opening up, but they're, like, driving and then punting, and then driving and then punting. They're not, like – they don't have, like, an established attack on offense. And I think that's hurting them. And you also see when they're getting six to eight guys rushing the ball, and it's not like a Wisconsin team or an Arkansas team or an Alabama team where it's six to eight guys and they're all getting 50 yards. They're all getting, like, 10 yards and one yard and two yards. So I think that that lackluster of an offensive power is what's hurting Baylor. And I think Mike Gundy just had it going. I think that was his day. I like Oklahoma State. I like Mike Gundy, and I think they're, they're right now going to ride through and take the Big 12.
1: I agree with basically all your points. Uh, I had Oklahoma State. It was the biggest play of the day. They had something to prove, obviously, after last year. Um, I'm also a big, like coming into the season, I was a big Baylor guy. I still really like Baylor. I like Arenada. You and I had Baylor against BYU. We were the only two people, everyone else had Baylor or BYU. Everyone. And I wanted that game so bad just to prove everyone wrong, but like, there was the issue of the quarterback. Man, he's just not. It's not there yet. It's, it's they're so identityless. They don't know what the, they just don't have it. And I think down the road they'll get it. But right now, it, this is this is Oklahoma State's conference really to lose at this point. And I think they're just kind of gonna kind of roll. Like this is one of the things I was just saying. Don't hop on hype trains, but like, at this point, it's really theirs to lose. So. I I don't have much to say else. I watched this whole game. I enjoyed this whole game. But you hit every nail on the head. Like Real quick,
0: Zach, before you go, the only thing I got to say is this is the first time I can recall, let's say in the past five years, where the Big 12 is kind of like – it's kind of like there's a couple teams that could take it now with TCU, uh, Kansas, um, Oklahoma State. I mean, even Texas big Tech, Dogs
1: are down like Texas and Oklahoma. They're, yeah, they're, it's, down. It's, it's,
0: they're still looming. The big 12 usually sucks. Cause it's like, all right, Oklahoma's going to win it. But now it's like, it's, it's pretty <laughs> interesting. I'm not even a big 12 fan. I just think it's kind of cool. that yeah, I, I always like when shit gets, gets, gets different. Cause college football is the same shit every year.
2: Yeah. Um, I got a couple of points. One of my most hated statistics in any sport is when people bring up prior matchups. I think it's so irrelevant. Um, You know, I think what you roll out this year is what dictates how you'll play. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the only reason why Baylor was favorited in this game is, look, you look at Oklahoma State's quarterback, I'm trying to find right now. Um, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, Spencer Sanders. Last year, played Baylor twice through seven picks in those two games combined. So, obviously, it's easy to roll into this thinking, hey, you know, Spencer Sanders doesn't really have the answers when it comes to playing Baylor. This is Oklahoma State's first Ranked opponent, they're going to have to go up against, you know, it, and Baylor's coming off a really good, impressive win off by Iowa State. You know, Iowa State all, always plays everyone in the conference extremely close. They played Kansas extremely close uh, this past week as well. It's just kind of how it is. I can understand why you would see Baylor winning this game coming into it, but, I mean, Oklahoma State killed any of those assumptions right out of the gate. I mean, took a 23-3 to lead. I'm assuming Mike Gundy had these guys fully prepared. Um, just absolutely dominated. I was astounded. Uh, as for Baylor, you know, they would have hoped to bounce back stronger, especially with how well they played last week. Um, the only other thing I'll touch on is, Stu, you brought up how it's kind of Oklahoma State's division to lose, but as Lee Corsa would say, not so fast, my friend, because Kansas <laughs> and Kansas State are both 2-0 and right now. Oklahoma Kansas State, State
0: lost at home to Tulane, bro. I'm Dude. so fucking upset that they're hyped like that.
1: I, that's why Dude. I'm saying that. That's why I'm saying that right there. I just think it's State's better team.
2: Hey, TCU is also undefeated in their conference. The only – their – Pac-12 is up – or not Pac-12 Big 12 is up for grabs. Excuse me. The Big wow. 12 is up for grabs. Do not do not write any team off so quickly. I will say, though, I am so happy how these two powerhouse teams that are supposed to go to the SEC, Oklahoma 0-2 in the conference, Texas yeah. 1-1 in the conference. They can sniff the bottom of the leaderboards and kiss ass with West Virginia for all I care. Um, absolute Great. dog shit programs. Good luck figuring it out in the SEC because when you're competing with goddamn Vandy year in and year out, you're going to be wishing you stayed in the Big 12. Um, Outside of that, I got nothing more to say. Proud of Mike Gundy and his staff. I've always wished success for him. I just don't think they've ever really figured it out for a full season. Hopefully this is their year, but knowing Mike Gundy, they will most likely shit the bed somewhere late in the season in some really irrelevant fucking competition. It's going to really piss me off. (laughs) <laughs> but that's kind of how I so see they're it. You're gonna play out.
0: like fucking north south penitentiary of Minnesota and lose by a field goal or something.
2: No, no, no. It's exactly mm-hmm. how you said about how you think Kansas State lost to Tulane. They're gonna end up losing to Kansas State, and then Kansas State's gonna get a bunch of hype and be ranked high, and then lose to some goddamn nobody, and then it'll be the circle of life in the Big 12. They're like they are the not okay. If I were to compare it to anything. The Pac 12 is the rigged version of inconsistency. The Big Twelve is just straight up inconsistency with no factors playing into it. It is just straight up like we don't know what the fuck is going on. It it is like it is like the Midwest weather. It could rain, it could snow, there could be tornadoes, there could be a goddamn hurricane in the middle of the country. You don't know. That's just it's just how Big Twelve football is.
0: I like that. Uh, I like I that. <clears throat> oh, so this next game I could easily go on for four hours about. So I'm gonna keep it extremely tight and just key points. Um, Florida state hosted wake forest in a very extremely hyped game at three 30, sadly lost 31 to 21. I'm just going to, like I said, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm a Florida state fan. So I can go on for hours about this first and foremost. Okay. Penalties. All nine of FSU's offensive penalties, which went for 65 yards came in the final 20 minutes of the game. Okay. That's bad. Penalties are bad. Also, you go out and score a touchdown in the first five plays of the game, and then you don't touch the scoreboard again until what the end of the second quarter. Like no, you don't. Touch, you don't touch the scoreboard again. Excuse me until the third quarter. Okay, you're missing field goals, and you go to the red zone twice and don't score. So it's like it's very frustrating how it was. The offense was so inconsistent, and it, it's hard for a defense to when you when your defense your success is supposed like the offensive success is supposed to give you a fire under your ass that makes you want to shut it out. But when you're doing all this work and the offense isn't putting up, it's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's, it's, it's one of those weird, the offense doesn't rely on defense. Defense doesn't rely on offense, but it kind of does. Jordan Travis still balled out 23 for 35, torn 81 yards and three touchdowns. I still think, I don't know why he's not being talked about for the Heisman. I think he's literally the entire offense for this team outside of the, the amazing run, run attack. And the only other thing I'm going to say is I have two two more things to finish off with. First, Sam Hartman is fucking amazing at football. That dude is really fucking good. I said it in the Clemson game and I said it in this game. He throws pinpoint fucking passes. Very good. And the thing is, is that mesh offense they run, I think is garbage, but he's so good that it it works. It works. I think he's going to be, I think he has the potential to be a very good quarterback at the next level. And the last thing I'm going to say is, it's very frustrating for me as a Florida state fan right now to be like, we should have won that game, but I'm also going to just be happy that we're four and one and that we were in the game with a very solid Wake Forest team because we had five years of fucking like being embarrassed of being Florida state fans. So it's like Norvell is getting them moving in the right direction and it's nice. And from what I saw, we well, we obviously we'll touch the game later, but from what I saw from NC state in the Clemson game, I'm a lot more confident now than I was, you know, prior to that game. But, yeah, Florida State lost 31-21. Wake's a good team. I'm not upset about it. Last year, we lost a fucking Jacksonville State. So, <laughs> it's it's improvement. But, you know, it, t- it takes a while to get to get things going. But I'll take a 4-1 Florida State start. I'm not, I'm not too upset about that.
1: I was – so, I took – I had FSU um, minus six. It was – and I was kind of excited. Like, I'm a Hartman guy, and I'm also a Travis guy. And I agree, Hartman just looks crazy. So like, he's so good, dude. He's bad. so good. He's so, awesome. I mean – I was excited coming into this game. Like we got a kind of a quarterback duel here in ACC. And uh, it was just so annoying to watch. I mean, it was, it, it, I was so annoyed watching this game, bro. Especially with having FSU and just always being outside of the number, like betting wise, it was annoying. As a fan looking for good quarterback play, like consistent throughout the game, it was annoying. Like if if Hardman was on, like Travis wasn't on at that, at that point. Like, like you said, the stupid penalties and stuff, they went to the red zone twice. It's just like you've got to come away with points. At some, especially at home, uh, talk about talk about bad fans. I have a lot of I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, friends that go there. Obviously, just like probably all of us from coming from Florida. But
0: I mean, no one goes to the games or stays at the game. Yeah, I know. no, but it was sold out. That game was sold out.
1: I know, but it's just at the end. It's like it's kind of empty in here. Like it's a ten point game still, but.
2: Dude, the yeah. most I had a
1: minus six and I was I felt pretty confident about it and it just didn't happen. Down by
0: seven. They're down by seven. It's third and third and eight. All right. Like the defense looks great. And Hartman throws the ball ex- directly to the cornerback. <laughs> Literally, like like the most textbook pass you could have thrown to the corner. And the receiver just and takes it from him. And I my dad turned the TV off He goes, I'm gonna punch holes in the wall if I have to keep watching this. Like, it's just, they were giving it to them and they still, do. I, I'm done. I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. Zach can
2: go. Um. Yeah. Look, the reason why I was so mad and I couldn't really figure it out. I was like, you know, we lost to a ranked opponent. We're not where we should be. Why am I so pissed off? It's because, look, we were getting dominated on defense, but the moment Jared Verse checked himself into the game playing through injury, they stopped scoring. Every time he was off the field, we were also missing another key defensive lineman. His name's slipping my mind. I'm pretty sure he's an interior D lineman. But, you know, with your top interior D lineman out and your top edge rusher, I mean, the sack leader for the ACC versus averaging a sack per game uh, up to this point. Dude, every time they were on the field or he was on the field, they immediately stopped that wake uh, O-line. Where the game was lost, realistically, was in the trenches. I mean, we were getting pushed back in that mesh. You know, they would immediately hand it off. We're not able to their running back seemed to break the first tackle every time averaging three, four yards a carry. It seemed like, um, that was painful. You know, you have two instances where we should have come away with turnovers and our DBs just get absolutely shit on. Um, we had a career high 11 penalties. Like, like I get it was a 10 point loss, but it felt like we should have won that game. Yeah. Like I feel like the scoreboard did not actually dictate how that game went. Um, you know, third down success was kind of a joke. We let up touchdown drives of 80 yards, 90 yards, 75 yards. Um, and that Travis fumble was kind of like – like that started things off. That that was like kind of the downfall of everything. Um, I'm not going to say too much. Quality won by Wake Forest. They did what they had to. Um, God, it just sucks so bad. Out, outside of that, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't get any easier. Florida State rolls in the next week to top – to a top ten opponent in NC State, um, or well, they lost, so never mind. They're 15, they're going to be facing the fourteen. yeah, top 15, an even higher ranked opponent in NC State, who's coming off a tough game with Clemson. So I mean, both these teams eager to get get back and try to win, but um, you know, it is an away game. You're no longer at dope. so they're really going to have to step up and have to clean things up, especially. Hopefully, though, they get burst back. I think that'll be the key, in dictating how that matchup goes. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to watch. All right,
0: so this next game, <clears throat> Kansas hosted Iowa State, beat them fourteen to eleven. Um, I was I'm big on Jalen Daniels. I think he he has been a Heisman front runner until this game. So we talked to Anthony Nelson, who's Duke defensive end, about Jalen Daniels. I t- I talked to him on the phone uh, right after the game, and he said this Daniels guy is very good, but we gave them too many opportunities to be great. He's like he's not as good as the hype is. And I'm talking to Nelson and I'm like, ah, oh, dude, all right. Obviously you're going to say that you just played against him. Like you're, you're going to try to make yourself sound better. And then I watched this game and I was like, he wasn't lying. Like Daniel struggled this whole entire game with seven for 14, 93 yards. And then he only rushed for nine yards. So like, <clears throat> yes, he got a rushing touchdown, but he didn't like impact the game entirely. If that makes sense. Like he, I, he didn't like, now, Iowa State's extremely well coached with Matt Campbell. I'm a huge Matt Campbell fan. You know, he's kind of who well I want to go to Wisconsin. But I I watched this game and Iowa State should have won it. Like they got the ball back on the final drive, and they just did it was like they didn't know what was going on. Like they were just so confused. I think they really relied on Brock Purdy and Brees Hall last year, and it's starting to show. Um, and it's kind of like a rebuilding year for them. And you know, that happens, bro. Not every school is freaking Alabama, not every school is Georgia. You're not just gonna have five star backups like there is such a thing as rebuilding and i think they're going through that a little right now but this kansas the way kansas played in this game like listen i'm all about overcoming adversity you win a close game you're a dog grit 100% but in a game where everyone thought you were going to kind of take it away i don't know dude this game kind of it, it changed my opinion on kansas a little personally
1: yeah uh, i mean is the, this is arguably the biggest name that they've beaten isn't it i mean Duke. Duke's four and one,
0: dude.
1: I know, but like Iowa
0: State's a bigger program than Houston, maybe Houston at Houston.
1: I still think I still think Iowa State's the bigger
0: program. There. Yeah, I would I say I would say, yeah, I agree. I'll agree with you.
1: But that being said, I, I am not an Iowa State guy. Almost as big as a as I'm anti-Iowa. The whole state of Iowa, I'm done with. I just for the past like years, I have just never been on the right side of these two teams, and I canceled Iowa. Iowa State's already been canceled for me. Can't stand them. Um I do. I do like the, I do like Kansas moving forward. I think it's a good win. Are they going to win the big 12? I don't think they are. Um, And I think, like I said, like I've been saying this whole pod, people are just a little too hype on them right now. Um, I am picking them this week coming up. We'll get into that. Um, But yeah, nothing really else. I just, I'm not an Iowa state guy. I am a Kansas guy. So we'll see where, where it leads the rest of the season.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I think this is another game where um, Iowa State kind of lost this one. Um, I think they were, like, kind of all over the place, couldn't really put anything together. No one scored yet. Kansas didn't even score in the second half outside of their 14 points in the first half. Here's another interesting stat. Uh, This kind of just, like, proves to me this may be, like, just not like a year of destiny, like they're going to make some crazy run, but just, like, things have been working out. Look, they haven't beaten Iowa State. Since 2014, that's seven straight losses. Iowa State's kicker was five for five coming into this game. He had three missed field goals.
0: Really? Two,
2: two off the post and one with 30 seconds left, and ended up losing in the game. Shit! And then, the shit out of the last one. take the shit out of it. And what do Kansas fans do? Rush the field, bruh. I like. Look, you beat. I I save Kansas rushing the, the field. Sure. I. I rush the field for two circumstances. You have a you are a dog shit program and you just upset a top 25 team a la Appalachian State versus Michigan. Or you beat a rival that you haven't beaten in a long time. Or you win now, a conference championship. Or a conference championship. I'll give you that. Conference championship fine. Is Iowa State really worth rushing the field over? I think They're it was not even the concept team. of
0: going 5-0 and oh is what they rushed and not really the Iowa State and win.
1: They were, they've been terrible too. So it's like I get yeah. I get why they did it. Like the fact that – I, because I didn't watch the game. The fact that you just said they rushed the field, I'm not surprised at all because like I said when I spoke, Iowa State is the biggest win. But for people like us, we're not Kansas fans who haven't been through the bullshit they have.
2: Yeah. That,
1: <laughs> we can stick that our nose awesome. up and say why would you rush the field against Iowa State? But that's <laughs> a big win for them.
2: Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say about Kansas is uh, let's take a look at their schedule. So this week they face home against number 17 TCU. Then they go to Oklahoma. Then they go to Baylor. Then they're at home versus number seven ranked Oklahoma State. Then they're at Texas Tech. Then they're home versus Texas. Then they're at 20th ranked Kansas State. So they're some may say they've been getting by with a cupcake schedule versus teams like Tennessee Tech, West Virginia, Houston, Duke, and Iowa State. That's fine. Now it's time to prove it. And they got that's a good stretch. That's a good that's a good stretch of games. Uh, that is a hard ass stretch of games right there. You have pretty much the hardest teams left in your conference. This will dictate whether or not you make it to your conference championship. Look, I get you started five and zero. You can just as easily end your season non bowl eligible at five and seven. You could lose out.
0: That oh, Zach Watts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's bold. Look, are they going to beat TCU? I don't know. Are they going to beat Oklahoma, Baylor, or Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, or Kansas State? I, I think, think honestly, yeah, they'll yeah, get one. I they'll mean, at least get one. But I mean, but I mean, if I'm thinking about it, like if they can get one, it's got to come against Texas, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah, it's gotta Tech. Come against did Texas you just
1: Texas. say the last uh, how many two games ago that we analyzed? The Big 12 is the Wild West. It's yeah. like, it's like yeah. the, the Midwest weather. You never know.
2: Yeah, you really do never know. Um, I mean, honestly, if Dylan Gabriel isn't back, I could see them winning, but that game's in Oklahoma. Like, oh my God, dude. And that's especially after an Oklahoma team has to play the Red River, Red River rivalry this week. So they're going to be, if they lose that game, they're going to be pissed as sure. shit. And Quentin Ellers is probably going to, is. does he have a chance of returning this year? Did he play last week?
0: He'll be back this year. I don't know when he, it was six weeks from the opening, from the Alabama game.
2: Okay. Was, so I he'll probably, he'll back. probably be back. If he's back by the time they play Kansas. They're oh, they're, yeah. They're fucked. Yeah. They're fucked. They're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's all back. I have to say about the Jayhawks. Yeah. I, I, listen,
0: I bashed him a lot. And then that Alabama mm. game, I, I apologized. Okay. All right, good. He looked <laughs> Our college game day, number five, Clemson, hosting number 10, NC State. All I got to say from this game is uh, DJU, I'm tired of the shit talking on him. He's finally looking like a fucking good quarterback he did against Wake Forest and he did against this week, okay? He's looking good, okay? A lot of people shit on him. He had a bad start. Who knows what was going on in his mental? It's a lot to ask for a young kid to follow the shoes of Trevor Lawrence. You know, that's a lot to ask for but I think I think that he's still very good. I mean, he bought out this game 21 for 30, 209 yards and touchdown with 73 on his feet and two tutties. The other thing I want to say too is I think Devin Leary sucks, the quarterback for NC State. He only throws to Thomas. I watched the whole second half. He only throws to Thomas. He doesn't look at any of the other receivers. I don't think his, his motion and his throw is that good. I, I don't think he's that good. And before the season, there was like polls of him having him at like number three on the Heisman watch. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not big on this Leary kid, and I'm gonna be honest, I'm not big on this NC State team. After this game, they they their offense doesn't produce. They do it on the same plays and just get the ball to Thomas. And mind you not, can we just talk about that they should have lost to ECU this year, like the opening game of the year? They should have lost to ECU first game. Yes, yeah. I, I don't think this NC State team is that good. And watching this game gave me a lot of clarity and confidence of for the for Florida State this weekend. I'm, I'm going be honest. Now going to NC state will still be difficult. I I'm not knocking that, but I think this, I don't know why they're getting more love than wake forest. I think wake forest is a way better team than this NC state team.
1: Okay. I agree with that last point. Um, I think, so I thought Leary looked great last year. I thought he looked really good last year. I'm a Leary guy. I think they've been overrated this whole season and I think they're overrating him and I think it's getting to him. I don't know what's going on. Um, he doesn't look like he did last year. I'm still a Leary guy. Still gonna hold it down, but yeah, I mean, and DJU by the way, DJU, you know, he comes in first game ever against Notre Dame, looked great, didn't play the rest of the year, right? Then Lawrence leaves. He has these massive shoes to fill. He's overrated. It's almost like DJU had his overrated moment. Now it's Leary's time. Um, DJU is starting to look better. Clemson. You that, Talk about a first game of the year. They were they were in a tight game with Georgia Tech the whole time. Georgia Tech just ran out of gas, and Dabo ran up the score at the end. That's Dabo's special. I've watched enough games of him now. He will play a tight game, and it's just a war of attrition. And when the other team is finally out of gas with eight minutes to go, Dabo will put up 21 on you, and that's why they're a top five rating. I mean, they're still a really good football team, but like that's where they get their, their massive scores from it's starting to really piss me off. I'm not going to lie. I love Dabo. I like Clemson. DJU starting to, to get back into my good graces, but doubt. I mean, I'm starting to get a little uh, ticked off with this whole, with this whole run it up at the end thing. Obviously this was a more tight game. It was a good game to watch, but yeah, I am a Leary guy next game, next week, FSU, NC state, very intriguing. We'll get to that shortly.
2: Um. On the contrary, I think running up the score is one of my favorite things in football. Um, well, the under
1: football. I hate so.
2: um, uh, A la Georgia Tech versus Cumberland when they beat them 226 to nothing. Um, <laughs> that is one of my favorite things in all of college football. Uh, there was also a former coach. I forget, the, I forget who said it, but his quote was, if you don't like us running up the scoreboard, then how about you just stop us? It's that simple. Um, I, I like
1: running up the scoreboard. I like the concept of it. I don't like when you get rewarded for it and your schedule looks like you're crushing everybody at the end. So that's yes, what I'm saying. You, you didn't earn that. because You didn't earn that score is what I'm saying. You're just crushing it. Yes.
2: and You're done. Um, I think it makes it that much more um, rewarding, though, to watch a team like that get their ass beat just because, like, it, it's it's one of those, like, it's been a long time coming. For them, uh, look, I'm not gonna say too much of this. Honestly, after Florida State lost, I turned off my TV and I had to sit in silence for hours, just contemplating what I had just witnessed. Um, what I, you guys, pretty much hit the nail on the head on every other point. DJU you uh, really stepped up this game. Clemson has had to put a ton of points on the board these last couple of weeks, um, and it really. Clemson getting those two tough wins over NC State and Wake Forest really helped them out. Um, with their whole ACC conference play, you know, now they hold the tiebreakers over the other two top teams in the conference. So, um, that'll help. Another thing I'll point out is just to kind of, um, just streak wise, Clemson finally matched Florida state's ACC mark of 37 straight wins at home. Um,
0: shout out Willie Tiger for fucking that.
2: Yep. Uh, <laughs> tigers are, well, actually that streak was set from 1992 to 2001. So our bull streaks different. This was just our home win streak. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. The uh, the Tigers are now 11 in a row since last season and carry the longest streak in FBS uh, at home. Um, I'll probably keep that in mind moving forward for all their home games because they usually don't lose at home. Personally, I think NC State just kind of got rattled once they hit halftime. You know, they gave up those two touchdowns going into half, and it kind of really spooked them in Death Valley. Uh, you know leary out of the gate looked good i think i watched the first drive and he made an insane throw while getting like destroyed Mm -hmm. um that i was kind of like wow like that was impressive and then didn't really do anything after that one thing i will point out though um if i'm not mistaken nc state had a bunch of letters for the clemson d tackle that sat out um the clemson has the whole ella strong thing going on right now for those of you that aren't well so brian breesey who uh, missed the second game of this year, last two out of three, he's dealing with a non-football uh, medical con- condition for, um, that involves some blood tests. But he did, he is still mourning the loss of his 15-year-old sister who died of brain cancer last month. Jeez. So their entire their entire team has been really strong on standing by him. Um, I'm pretty sure this was the game NC State uh, reached out to them before the game to let them know that they would be with him um, and that they were thinking about him. So I always want to bring up Good stories like that in college football. Sportsmanship's really important to me. Bigger than sports. That's a really big part of the game. Yeah, it's always bigger than sports. Uh, you never know what someone's going yeah. through. So, huge shout out to him. We wish breezy the best. We hope to see him back on the field because football is at its best when the best players are out on the field. Um, that's just all I want to say about it. And we can move on from there.
0: All right. First of all, Zach, your armpit stains are horrible. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, <laughs> I'm going to break down real quick just some games that we didn't talk about that just need to be mentioned that you guys should know. Um, Purdue beat number 21 Minnesota 20 to 10. Minnesota, they were getting a lot of hype, especially from Joel Klatt and Fox Sports, and they were just like Minnesota is the team to win the Big Ten West now. Like da-da-da, like the rest of their schedule favors them. Yeah, they ain't shit, bro. I'm sorry. They ain't shit. Lost to Purdue at home. Next game. on that. Yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't understand the hype. I think their quarterback Tanner Morgan is so overrated too. I just their their running back's really good. Ibrahim he's he's very good, but when when they shut him down, they can't do anything.
1: I feel like those guys have been there for a decade though. Let's yeah, just- literally,
0: right? Literally.
1: So bad, dude. It's like how many years are you gonna stay there? Right? Next
0: game, uh, Illinois beat Wisconsin thirty-four to ten. It's a weird game because Brett Bilema used to be the Wisconsin coach was the guy that we thought was going to take us to the motherland. He left Wisconsin to go to Arkansas, shit the bed, hated his life. Now he's back into coaching. He's got Illinois at 4-1, which is really good. But if you're Wisconsin, you don't lose at home to Illinois by 24. They fired Paul Chris. I know there's a lot of controversy with this, but I'm not going to dive into it. I am going to drop a TikTok sometime this week explaining my thoughts on it. But personally, I I am happy with Paul Chris being fired. And if you are a fan of us and been listening to our podcast, our week one breakdown, I said that he's in the hot seat. Kind of crazy I know what I'm talking Ooh. about. Following Ooh. that, Mississippi State smashing Texas a 42 to 24 Don't know if you guys saw this. Post-game, Mike uh, Mike Leach getting interviewed. Doesn't talk about the game at all. Instead, just talks about eloping to the woman interviewing him and, and, and just has a five-minute conversation with her about her wedding coming up. Very Mike Leach stuff. You got to love it. Got to love it. If you don't like Mike Leach, you don't like the sport of football. That's my opinion. Um, Georgia... Back to back close games. They did not, they just they barely edged by on Missouri 26 to 22. And they didn't get a lead in this game until four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Joel Clatt had a had a video on Twitter I saw. And he's like, he hates how all these teams in the SEC, it's like, well, they're playing an SEC schedule. It's hard. Blah blah. And like, yeah, that's true. Like your average team in the SEC is better than your average team in another conference. But you can't tell me, in this virtual class. you can't tell me that playing at Iowa for Michigan was easier than Georgia playing at Missouri. It's not. Missouri lost by 28 points to Kansas State. Okay? That's just, it, that's just unacceptable. And then the last game, once again, proving my point, what I talked about in week one, Pitt's overrated. They lost to Georgia Tech 26-21 for the final upset of this weekend. Did you guys want to add anything to those games? Uh, shout out Tech. Got it nothing for me yeah so let's get diving in to what you guys are actually here to listen to and that is our week six preview our first game we're going to be talking about the nebraska corn huskers going to the rutgers scarlet knights but scarlet will not be seen on this saturday as the Rutgers knights will be wearing a blackout in honor of this game
2: hmm. interesting showing up to nebraska's funeral perhaps <laughs>
0: um no. Uh, yeah, Zach, you start us off.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, originally I was going to skip over this game, but I think one of our major faults on this pod in weeks past is I think we've really discredited some of these unranked games. You know, I think there's a lot of easy money to be made on some of these. And, you know, here, here's why I think Rutgers plus three. A is Friday a Friday night
0: game, by the way. I'm sorry to interrupt. This is a Friday night game.
2: Yes, this is a Friday night game. Um, you can watch it on FS1 for those curious. But look. I think Rutgers has a good chance of covering this. Look, Nebraska ranks 124th overall in total defense, 469.2 yards a game, 107th in scoring defense, 32.6 points allowed per game, 120th in rush defense, 202 yards allowed per game, and 112th in pass defense. Look, pretty much the only reason I'm bringing up all these stats, they are a lackluster defense that have nothing going for them on the defensive side of the ball. I think the one thing Rutgers suffers from mostly is a lackluster offense. And I think they can finally put something together to be able to beat this Nebraska team. You know, Nebraska's already going through a head coaching change with kicking out Scott Frost. You know, they have an interim coach at the moment who they don't really, doesn't. he's just trying to hold the pieces together for the ship. You know, they're just trying to set sail all the way and crash into Harbor. You know, I don't really know what they're trying to do there. But for a Greg Shiano led team, I always see them pulling out the easy wins. Like I'm always going to give Shiano the benefit of the doubt He'll always be able to find a way to persevere, especially through such a weak matchup. Um, I think Rutgers is the better team, heading into this, better team heading into this matchup, and I think they should be able to get it done. So I'm going to go with Rutgers plus three in this one.
0: Yeah, you know, a huge Shiano guy. Went to school with Matt and John. Still my boys. We're, me and Stewart are in a fantasy league with them. You know, like those those are my day ones. Shout out John, Wolfpack gang. Um, I'm always going to rock with Shiano, but if I'm going to take my Shiano bias out of it, I think – Rutgers is a team that even when they lose, get, get rid of the Ohio State game. Even when they lose, they lose well. They play good football. Um, they have a lot of Tampa kids, which is another thing that I'm always very prideful about. And I think that's due to Shiano as well. Um, on top of that, I think the hype with it being a Friday night game, it being a blackout game, and it being a game where they honestly, like, I don't see what Nebraska is going to bring to them that Shiano can't prepare them for. I like taking Rutgers plus three here as well, Zach. Um, that's what it is, right? Yeah, I like taking Rutgers yeah. uh, plus three here as well. I just don't think Nebraska has an identity to themselves yet. They don't have when they go out to play football. They're not like, all right, we're gonna set up our pass with this. We're gonna set up our run with it. They kind of just call plays, and it worked against Indiana. And not, good for them for getting that win, but it's not a consistent way to win football games. And I don't see them going to Rutgers winning this game.
1: Dude, I'm like, I'm excited about this game. I it's a Friday night game. You're gonna tell me you're getting three points at home on a Friday night blackout game. Like, and that's exactly what you guys have said. Shiano, you know his identity, bro. You know what he wants, where he wants it, when he wants it. I don't even know the interim's name for Nebraska. He doesn't – I mean, how can you create an identity as an interim in the middle of the season with just college kids? I just, don't, I just don't see it happening. They may not cover the rest of the season with the stats that Zach just read off. Obviously, before this even start, started, you guys sent me the script and I saw – Rutgers was on and I go, okay, I'm picking Rutgers for the Shianas in, in Mayan, hundred percent, no matter who. but yeah, like, shout on mine know, on I'm shout out mine. I'm legitimately convinced that Rutgers wins outright, but you're going to take the points and you're going to be a gazillionaire heading into the weekend with a great slate ahead of you. So this is a great setup day and Grayson. Looks like you're going to be betting this weekend. (laughs) The more
0: more we talk about this game, I'm like thinking about throwing 20 on them right now.
1: No, this is a – I think we're we're either all sitting here in an echo chamber just convincing ourselves to go down a very bad rabbit hole or we're going to come up millionaires. Those are the only two options. I love Rutgers here. This is a great spot. And maybe my favorite thing, they are so pissed off that Ryan Day fake punted against them oh, to fight him you seen that yeah no they are gonna come out rolling i am i can't believe you did that fuck ryan day that's bad taste it's actually, I love when the blow happens. That's bad taste. That's <laughs> bad Especially, taste. no.
0: And the thing that pisses me off the most about that is how loyal and how much Shiano helped Ryan Day. At that's
1: what time. I'm saying. That's the whole thing. If this was just like Dabo doing it, like I said, I don't like how Dabo runs up the score. That's a little different. I think that's kind of funny if like they have no relationship. But like, yeah, Shiano... But they're,
0: they're, like, they're like friends. Like, yeah, they're friends. He's coming
1: together. in, he's trying to rebuild his program and like back at home where he was, like that's just bad taste, Ryan Day. Bad taste. Bad
2: taste. I, like I you. think... I think- I think that shows day was being the lesser man. Cause I think he feared Shiano. I think he had, I think he wanted to prove something against Shiano. So he yeah. was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do some sly shit. To yeah. Just get it under your skin, just to make your program look like dog shit. That was urban. It's, it's,
1: he it's, up Daddy urban after. And he was like, you see that? You see that?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. The thing is though, it's like, it's like, obviously, like I said, I'm biased because I love the Shiano boys and, and everything, but like he gets too much shit at Rutgers. Like, he the last when he was there before he came to Tampa before he was at Ohio State they were ranked they were a ranked national program they were good they beat a number three Louisville team with Teddy Bridgewater like they were a very solid team but he left they went to the Big Ten which made so much sense for them right like fucking genius and then they they suck so he's in a rebuilding it's it's hard to recruit to fucking Rutgers you ever been there it's fucking hard okay. don't hey, don't let them get a
1: quarterback. Don't let them get a quarterback because yeah. if they do, I'm just saying. Don't let them get. And a look quarterback. at
0: their running back uh, pass pass for the the Chiefs so far this year. Oh, Pacheco. Pacheco, yeah, Pacheco. Like they
1: fire.
0: They're good, bro. They're good.
1: He, he looks good. I'm uh, not to get too much in the NFL, but he looks good, especially against the Bucks. I don't. I think the Bucks look bad
0: too. Yeah, and also oh, we're always gonna shout out uh, athlete for clocks on the stove. Mynahana too came on. I think it was episode like 22 or 23. You can go check that out to see what we broke down with him. Super great kid. Super good friend of mine. Uh and a stews. Um, he's gonna ball out and eat this game as well. But let's move on. Uh, to we're on
1: going we're doing two sacks for mine. Uh and like I know we sound so biased right now, we are, but like <laughs> you gotta you gotta look at these numbers right now. A home dog field goal game, blackout, Friday night. I just you gotta love this as yeah. a better. And not yeah. as a fair, um, as, as a sharp. Let's move on.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll take over this next game because I wanted to add this in personally. <laughs> Grayson, you brought up my pit stains and I think this is the reason, you know, I had a feeling in my cojones, but I don't think it's much of a feeling in my cojones anymore. You know when you're playing NCAA against your boy and you just have like a really weird feeling, so you start sweating a little bit. You're like getting nervous about the game. If I had a pit stain pick of the week, I'm rolling with Nevada minus three and a half versus Colorado State. and Let me tell you why. We're looking at the number 103rd ranked defense versus the number 104 ranked defense in all of college football. And let me tell you, this is going to come down to who has an inept who has an inept offense that is going to lose them this game, and I think it's going to be Colorado State. And let me point out point out why. If we look at total yards, they're about even. You know, Nevada's got two eighty one to Colorado's two forty one, but I think one of Nevada's greatest strengths um, comes in the pass defense, and that's largely in part due to our guy Bentley Sanders. You know, so proud of the athlete, baby. No. Huge proponent of this defense. You know they haven't been playing well recently, giving up a ton of points. But you know at least they have a win on the year. Colorado State doesn't even have a win. I don't know why the line is as close as it is. But look, Colorado State averaging forty six yards on the ground and only one hundred ninety five yards through the air. If they try to beat them through the air, how much you want to bet Benley Sanders gets another pick this week to add on to his interception total? I'm willing to bet that. And also I think Nevada is just way more like going to outclass them. I think they just had a bad run of things of late. I think Watts on their D-line has been a huge proponent to getting in the backfield. I don't think Colorado State's line can hold up, and we've seen that just through their run game, their inability to run the ball at all. You know, And if they're going to try to win this game through the air, I just don't see it happening. Both teams are giving up over 400 yards of total offense. Um, Yeah, it's just not a good look for Colorado State. Give me Nevada and another Friday night matchup. This game at 1030. You know how I feel about those late-night games. Anything can happen, and especially with two defenses is – suspected as these it's going to be an interesting one to tune into so give me nevada minus three and a half i'm rocking with it i'm loving what i'm seeing and bentley sanders prove me right once more
1: i mean i I, i'm I'm on this episode right now this second half of this episode to with one thing in mind and that's to sweep so i don't feel comfortable even giving out a pick in this game if i had to i'm simply going to rock with with watts because i have no clue what the fuck's going on in this yeah,
0: game? This game, this game makes me nervous because we've seen Nevada. Like, listen, obviously, look, Bentley's tied for first in the country with interceptions. They showed that their de- their defensive backs can fly. They've done it all year, even when they get blown out. Their defensive backs, you know, put put up some work. But my thing is, is that the odds look too good for Nevada. It's like making me a little nervous. And mm. and there's times Nevada's looked amazing this year. And there's times Nevada's like, holy shit, they're not that good. So. I I I kind of don't want to touch this game either, to be honest. Um, but I'm okay. Gonna- if
2: you want another, if you want another selling point, I'll sell it to you here. Last time Colorado State played Nevada was last year, November 27th. They lost 52 to 10.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm going Nevada here. Like I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna ride
0: with you, Zach. I'm gonna ride with you to the motherland. I'm gonna ride with you. I'll take Nevada three I, I,
1: Look, look at this. This is the last five. I mean, they they haven't even come close to covering a three point spread. They've lost everything outright. Let's let's rock with Watts here and let's move on.
0: Colorado State in their last five, the most points they put up was 19, and that was against Middle Tennessee.
2: Middle Tennessee did beat Miami though.
0: Let's... Yeah, but but there's <laughs> they're just no. I I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna
1: take it. I I hate Gattis in Miami. Gotta admit, I, I can't stand. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm gonna
2: take and it. and. Colorado State, not only are they 0-4, they're 0-4 attacking the spread. So they're bad just all around. Just a dog shit program. Just can't figure anything out. And I think the only thing that hinders Nevada at all is if they go up against a better offensive team, then it would be an issue. But this team struggles to put up 20 points. So that's the only reason why I feel super confident in Nevada in this one. Please, please prove me right, Bentley. I'm trusting in you boys. Get a pick. Seal it for me. Do your thing, dog.
0: So, our next game is a kind of a tricky one, I would say, a little. Mm. It's a little interesting. Love it. love it. We got number eight Tennessee going into Death Valley, the real Death Valley at LSU. Number 25 LSU just became ranked this week after a scary win against Auburn. And Tennessee's coming in at a minus three. So, uh, this game is weird. Weird. Um, because I think Tennessee is extremely overrated mm-hmm. and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, get face-time. sorry about that guys. It, it, there it is. There it goes. It's gone. I'm trying to find where I saw this, um, on their defense. It was, I think it was passing defense.
2: Yes. 309 yards a game.
0: Okay. So yeah, their passing defense is absolutely atrocious and ranks in at, I'm going to tell you exactly, I'm on the NCAA website. Tennessee's pass defense ranks in at 128th in the FBS. Wow. Hendon Hooker is good. <clears throat> I think he's a dog. But I don't think they've really played nobody. I mean, there are two ranked wins where Pitt, who just lost to Georgia Tech, isn't ranked anymore. And then UF, who isn't ranked anymore anyways, who should have lost to USF. Um, I am going to take, personally, LSU plus three. I think Jaden Daniels is an extremely good quarterback and they have a very talented wide receiver. And uh, let me, I can't remember his name. Number. Yeah. And Boutte, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that it'll be a close game, but I think Brian Kelly's experience. Go, dude, I'm just a huge Tennessee hater. Also. I don't think he that good of a coach. Mm-hmm. I think they're extremely overrated every year. They're like the S they're like the Texas in the sec. They get so much hype and then fucking go eight and four every season. I I don't see Tennessee going into Death Valley and winning. I can see them I, I see them starting off hot and then just diminishing as the game goes on. I think the physicality and and the experience of both Daniels and Brian Kelly will win them this game. I think an LSU plus three and uh, that that passing defense is gonna get exposed by Jaden Daniels. All
1: right. Well, I I'm not a hypo guy. I agree with that. I'm also not a Kelly guy. Um I've I've faded LSU every game this year whether I'm betting on it or just saying they're going to lose. Um, I, uh, how, how, what, what happened in Auburn? 17-0, I mean, what happened in Auburn is what happened every single week in Auburn, that you, you go up as an Auburn team, but it shouldn't have been close. You're at LSU. Here's my thing with Tennessee, too. You say they're overrated all the time, and they are, but it's not warranted. They get it in early in the season, and it is early in the season, but they already have two big wins. They had the Pitt game. I know you see right through Pitt, but they were, it was a big game at the moment. And the Florida game. So, you know, I think three is too small here. I think a lot of people are going to be taking LSU at home with the points, especially after a, a big win in Jordan hair. I think I'm going to go with Tennessee and I was on LSU before the episode, but I, I'm, I just keep looking at this line. It's just two fish. Tennessee is my play and I'm getting more and more confident as we continue to talk about it as well. I don't like Jaden Daniels too. I think Boutte is good. I think he's very good. But I also think that that Tennessee defense is a little better than it's giving off at 128 ranking. Um, it's an SEC team, and we'll see what happens. SEC Anthony bat. Richardson threw for
2: 453 yards. Yeah, okay. You Grayson just took away pretty much my only talking point, um, but I'll sign there with that. Yeah, any team that makes Anthony Richardson look like a Heisman caliber quarterback Jalen Daniels is literally going to look like the second coming of Jesus Christ when he steps foot on this football yeah, field. I, I disagree
1: uh, with this. I disagree. But hey, we'll dude, see who wins.
2: Uh I'm gonna also take LSU plus three in this one. Look, they're at home in the real death valley. I think Brian Kelly's only gonna continue to figure out figure it out with this LSU program. Look, like you said, Pitt was a big win at the time, but if we look at Pitt now, they lost to Georgia Tech dude. Yeah. Um yeah. just I mean, maybe maybe Pitts just gotten worse as the season's gone on, and I think that Florida win was also a bit suspect. Um, you know, you ended up pulling it away somehow. Somehow, I feel like their defense won them that game. To be honest with you, um, you know, Hooker obviously was gonna put up points regardless, but some key interceptions there ended up winning it to him. Some key, uh, one key injury I will point out though for the LSU Tigers, uh, Seven Banks will not be playing in this one. Um, he will miss some significant time, so that'll be a huge hit. For them, um, but you know, like you said, it is risky looking at the line. You know, plus three for LSU at home. You know, even ESPN's Power Index has them at a fifty-eight point three percent favorite in this one. It's easy to look at LSU and say they got this one in the bag. I'm not going to say they have it in the bag. If they did, I would just take the money line. I am going to take the points. Go- points though, I think this is going to come down to like some last second field goal bullshit what honestly the dictating factor in this i think lsu's d line is going to be the deciding factor um i think they're going to end up sacking hooker a little bit i think they're going to add a lot of pressure to him and they're going to make some things happen um on that defensive front uh it'll be interesting to see you know i thought florida had a pretty good d line but they ended up getting exposed just from being the fraudulent team that they are but you know, it'll it'll definitely be one of the games of the week to watch. I'll add that as a point.
0: Yeah, I'm usually uh, I usually like always ride with Stu for everything, but I, I gotta go with with LSU here, bro. I Anthony mean, Richardson put 453 yards in the air on them and two touchdowns at Tennessee. Okay. Also, like Zach said, Hendon Hooker got hit a lot in that UF game by their D line, and I think the defense and D line for LSU is much better than the, than UF's. I just think that I think this is the first real test Tennessee's had so far, and I don't I don't even think LSU's that good, and FSU beat them. Not, the, but they're I think not. they're better than Tennessee, and I think they can win by field goal.
1: Hey, we'll see what happens on Saturday.
0: Be yeah, our next game diving into love this one, College Game Day, Lawrence Kansas, first time ever in the history of the school that a really? non basketball College Game Day has gone there. Mm-hmm. Number 17, TCU at number 19, Kansas. TCU coming in at a minus seven. Stu, I'm going to let you start us off with this one, man.
1: Yeah, Kansas Kansas touchdown favorite. You got college game day there. Not a favorite, underdog. You got an underdog. Uh, TCU just beat the brakes off of Oklahoma. They're going to – and Kansas looks suspect. You guys have already talked about that against Iowa State, who isn't very good. Now they're getting a touchdown at home on college game day. Everyone's all over TCU, I'm assuming. I'm on Kansas i'm on kansas plus plus yeah. seven, and they're going outright. right it's it, it, this is where they make their mark i don't know this is where we're going to get that win that zach was talking about earlier will they win the rest of the year tough sledding they could get the win i'm not going to take money line seven is it'll be a close game at the end so seven is one of my favorite picks that i'll take today um i'm very confident on it very confident about every game i've picked so far honestly and um but, I mean, it's just – it's setting up for the classic. Everyone loves TCU after killing Oklahoma. Here comes Kansas, who's hasn't really beaten anyone yet. Just squeak by Iowa State. Boom. Let's go. Give it to me. Plus
2: seven. Um, yeah, look. I, you know, I would have taken TCU if they would have came out and just thrown a little bait line saying, like, oh, Kansas, like, minus two, minus one. Even put the line at even, you know – yeah, I would have gone with TCU on that. However, they're just blat- blatant disrespect to this Kansas team who's having one of the best starts in so long. I mean, Program look, history.
0: Program history.
2: Program history, honestly. Um, look, I'm still high on Jalen Daniels. Um, I think he just had a really rough game, and they got bailed out by Iowa State also having a rough game, putting it together. Um, so I think they have a solid bounce back game. Look. I love Sonny Dykes. Um, I've already doubted him before. That's why I picked him up last week. Am I going to doubt him again? No, because I still think they'll win. I just don't think it's going to be by plus seven. College game day very rarely is a blowout. Very seldomly is a bad game to watch. It's a reason it's college game day. You tune in at your primetime schedule to watch college game day because shit is going down. And you know the fans are going to turn up. Um they're going to make it exciting. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I just highly doubt I'm going to see them win by over a touchdown. Because even if TCU takes a 10, 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter and they depend on their ground game, I'm more than confident in Jalen Daniels being able to pull this within a one-score game. I, I am. That's just how I see it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to ride with Stu here. Kansas plus seven. I'm confident in them. Uh, I still think Sonny Dykes and his boys will get it done. Um, but I think this is the dictating game to see whether or not the Jayhawks really have what it takes to deserve a ranking and this college football season.
0: So man, this is a hard game for me because my gut wants to say TCU minus seven. I think that what you guys are thinking with this Kansas, like Bob, all this, the Cinderella story, I think I really think TC is going to go in there and smack them. I think they're just a better, <laughs> they have better players. And I think that, but like you said, it's it's a tr- it's kind of a trap game, low key. That that atmosphere is going to be nuts. When we talked to Nelson about what it was like playing there, he said you he couldn't hear the D lineman next to him. He said they're a very underappreciated fan base. So, and I mean, you see it with their basketball. It's not it's not even that shocking. It's going to be sold out. They're going to be going ballistic. I don't know too much about Kansas culture, but they seem like people that drink a lot because there's nothing to do what out
1: there. What do they have to do in Kansas? That's yeah,
0: I'm saying so. I. Oh, man, I want to ride TCU minus seven, but I'm going to just I'm gonna backbone with you guys. We're going to take Kansas plus seven. I want Kansas to win. I'm cheering for Kansas. I just think it's fucking – it's a sticky situation of a game, man. I really do.
1: Let's see Daniels get back on the road to the Heisman watch. How about that?
0: I could – yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So it's going to keep thinking. Next game, we got Arkansas going into Mike Leach's Mississippi State. Mississippi State
2: coming in at a minus nine and a half. Zach, you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, look, I think what the betting odds look at this as is they both have a common opponent. Um, Arkansas lost a tough game to Texas A&M, and Mississippi State blew that Texas Texas A&M team out last week. However, this is what I'm going to say. It looks too easy to bet on, and I think the line is a little too favorable. I'm going to go with the same line of thinking I had for the Tennessee-Florida game. You know, it was obvious that Tennessee was going to pull that one out. You're like, of course you're going to do that. And 10.5 isn't even that big of a line. You know, Florida's kind of fraudulent. Tennessee's a top-10-ranked 10 team. Why are they not going to win? Look, it's another SEC matchup. Arkansas has had a tough back-to-back games against top 25 teams. I don't like Texas A&M anyway. I think they were supposed to have lost to App State. I think they finally got exposed by Mike Leach's program. And I don't think Mike Leach's defense is really going to be able to contain Henderson as much as they did I mean the Alabama yeah Henderson sorry um I just don't think they're going to be able I mean look at it this way Alabama gave up 26 points to this Alabama team you don't think they're going to put up even more on the city State it's really going to be more of a offensive minded game now I'm a little weary on that over under 59 I kind of wanted to touch it but I'm a little too weary about it um so I'm just going to stick with Arkansas plus nine and a half I've I think for an SEC matchup, it's a little too telling. And from a casual standpoint, I think anyone would take Mississippi State. But I don't have any faith in them. I really don't.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything really to say on this game. I just think Jefferson. even if they lose, I don't see them losing by 10. I just, I'm going to take Arkansas plus 9.5 as well. This is – it seems too easy. 10
1: points, bro. I think – I legit. I thought I asked you guys when you guys sent me the the games because I hadn't looked at them yet. I thought they were minus ten. Like I thought you had a typo. Like obviously I don't think they should be a ten point favorite, but like I am shocked. I I don't like Mississippi State. I think they're. I'm just not a fan of them. Arkansas plus nine and a half is a very easy pick for I me. Mean, I feel like it's almost too easy. It's scary. We're, yeah, we're probably gonna laugh about it when when Mississippi State covers, but. I, <laughs> I'm taking the plus nine
2: and a half. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna,
0: uh, our you next to, you game. Can't,
1: you can't take Mississippi State minus 10 at home against yeah. a team like I think Arkansas is not that bad. So yeah.
0: um, our next game, crazy stat. So it's the Red River rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma. This is the first time since 1998 that one of these teams are not ranked going into this game. Um I personally See, it's kind of iffy for me on this game on who to pick. To be completely honest with you, um, I don't know uh, Texas coming in at minus seven. I we don't know the status of Dylan Gabriel. I don't think it's. I don't believe it's been released yet. And the hay was pretty bad. He went unconscious, like he was out. Um, this this backup kid for Texas isn't bad either. Bajon Robinson, obviously dog. Um, I don't really know what's gonna happen, but I kind of want to hit the over. I kind of want to. I kind of want to touch the over. Kind of. It's looking at me funny. But I'm going to let you guys dissect this game. I don't really give a shit about either one of these teams nor this rivalry. Um, and I really don't even know who to pick in this game, to be honest.
2: I, I don't
1: um, either, personally.
2: Yeah. So the way I see it is I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to play. And if that's the case, um, if T- if Sonny Dykes was able to expose them without Dylan Gabriel, I don't think Oklahoma is going to have Um, a solid chance against this program. Look, I understand it's easy to look at Texas and say, you know, they're playing with the backup quarterback. The spread's minus seven. It is a rivalry game. Um, You know, it'd be easy to take Oklahoma. But I'm going to take Texas minus seven here. And the reason is, is I already think Brent Venables was at a disadvantage with the the program he came into. I don't think he was really put um, with any favors coming in there and trying to helping them out. You lost your transfer quarterback at Dylan Gabriel, who was playing pretty well. I'm not going to say he was playing great, but he's playing pretty well. And then you saw once he got injured, your team fell apart. You really have, you really don't have much of a team outside of that, um, especially if you look at the defensive side of things. Oklahoma's giving up over 400 yards of total offense, nearly 200 yards on the ground. If you're giving up 200 yards on the ground to a with John Robinson coming into this game, it's going to get ugly. I really think it's going to get ugly. They were averaging nearly 500 yards of offense, but that was with Dylan Gabriel. And then, you know, I'm not saying that um, Gray, the running back from OU is anything to laugh at, you know, he's a solid back there, but you know, if they're really able to just lock into that run game and hold them down, I think Texas, I think Steve Sarkeesian uh, really has what it takes. You know, they, you saw what they did against Alabama, you know, that may have just been an off game for Alabama, but you saw what they were capable of. And I think, I really think they're just going to kind of pull away with this one. I'm going to take Texas minus seven, given that it's a rivalry game, given that it's not really in their favor. Um, I just think, I just think it's lining up a little too well for Texas right now. And I think Oklahoma is just not in a good position with their whole quarterback situation. My good?
1: Yeah. So um, the, the side is just super weird for me right now, especially like without us, knowing fully if Gabriel's going to play. And you have to think that when the news comes out, if he's in or out, which we're assuming he's out, the lines are going to change. So this may be a different line by the time you listen to this. But as of right now, I'm not comfortable with either line. I'm going under 65 and a half. We'll buy it to 66 points, probably like minus 120 or whatever. Um, I think there's going to be – so that's two backup quarterbacks and if Gabriel's out, if he's not – if or if he's in, he's going to have missed some practices, They'll be running the rock. It's a rivalry game. Oklahoma's defense hasn't looked terrible until the TCU game. I think they got really rattled when Gabriel was out. Venables is a good defensive mind, um, and I really think they're going to rely on Bijan Robinson to win them the game uh, Texas is. So give me that under for sure.
0: Damn God, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, our next game, I'm going to let Zach take this one over because he's the one that really brought it to my attention, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, Texas Tech going into Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State coming in at uh, number seven, Oklahoma State coming in at a minus nine and a half. And a fun fact for let's go real quick. This is the fifth ranked game in a row for Texas Tech.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to read off their schedule real quick, look, they beat Houston in double overtime when they were ranked 25th. I know they're not the team they are now. NC State's ranked 15th. They lost that game 27 14, played Texas, beat them in OT, and then lost to Kansas State 37 28. Look, Mike Gundy's program is heavily favored in this one. Spreads nine and a half for Oklahoma State. But I mean, oh, dude. Like I said, it's just one of those big 12, uh, big 12 games that I just don't really know if it's really gonna be a 10 and a half. You know, the over under is at pretty much 70, 69 oh, it's and a half. It's, it's at not minus nine now. It's at minus nine. That's See, nine. now I'm even Now I'm even more inclined to take Texas Tech because there's just something that the oddsmakers know that we don't. It's one of those things that, like, it just doesn't really add up for me. Another thing, I think because Oklahoma State had their first ranked opponent last week in Baylor, um, that that because of that, they're going to say, oh, well, they've proven themselves against, you know, a ranked team. You know, they're as solid as we think they are. I don't think that's the case. Like I said, there's – Every year Oklahoma State plays that one opponent that you think they should be and they end up losing. Um, Now, whether or not they lose this one, that's completely up in the air. I don't know. But I think because Texas Tech has played so many quality opponents back-to-back-to-back, I think they have a chance of keeping this within uh, 10 points. I'm going to take Texas Tech plus 9.5. I think it makes a little too much sense here. Um, And I don't think Oklahoma State's really been tested outside of Baylor, and I don't think Baylor's really all that. I thought their defense – Kind of lackluster. You know, they got strong DBs, but kind of gotten exposed. You know, Spencer Sanders kind of playing strong um, for OK State, but not that strong. Um, it's just lining up a little too well right now for Texas Tech, so I'm going to ride with them in that one.
0: Uh, I, I'm not going to touch the spread personally, but I, I'm going to hit the over. It's 69 and, a half, and these two teams, uh, Texas Tech is averaging 35 points a game, and Oklahoma State's averaging 47.8. I just – I think it's going to be a, sl- a, a ter- two average defenses that are just going to be super high scoring, and I, I like the over there, personally. I'm not touching the spread, though.
1: Um, I, I'm actually taking the under. Um, 70 points, that's 10 touchdowns. Like like we said, they've played four straight ranked opponents. Um, it's gone over over 70 points once in those matchups, and that was in an overtime game. Went to double overtime against Houston, didn't even hit it. Um, I actually really like the under here. And um, that's really – it's pretty simple for me. The under is going to hit, in my opinion. So, yeah, I don't think Spencer Spencer Sanders is yeah, great. My man just
0: faded my pick on my own podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I definitely like the under. Um, That's my pick.
2: Yeah, solid. Um, This next game, we have our – we have another ranked matchup. This one's really interesting to me because I don't know how to feel about it. I just wanted to bring it up because it is a top 25 matchup and so many things can go wrong in this. Number 11th ranked Utah going to University of California at Los Angeles, UCLA. UCLA is plus three and a half. And I'm going to be honest, every time I've gone against Utah, they have royally fucked me. like I I just continuously lose any time I bet involving a game with Utah. But damn, if I don't want to take UCLA in this one. DTR is kind of a machine right now. He has really impressed me. Um, he's been doing a lot of great things this year. I dude, Utah hasn't even played a ranked opponent. If you can look at Florida as a ranked opponent if you want, first week of the season, I don't see it as that. They even lost that game anyway. UCLA, though, beat Washington 40-32. I think their offense is a little more proven. Utah seems really favorable in this, but the line is just so close. Three and a half, and for what? Um It's fish. I don't know. Yeah, it's very fish. Um, Some would say even G-fish. But, (laughs) dude, I've been taking a lot of underdogs this week, and I think I'm going to stick to that trend. I want UCLA at plus three and a half. I just think DTR has what it takes. I'm not too big on Utah and their program. I always think they get exposed every year. Um, They could end up winning out, but I could care less. Give me UCLA and their program. I think they get it done.
0: I personally i am not going to touch this game. I don't even want to –
1: I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm, yeah. I'm not touching this game at all. Okay, well, I I will. This game is, like, very intriguing to me. I did take UCLA last week, as we spoke about earlier. Um, this is the battle, in my opinion, of fake teams because they've only beaten fake teams. Um, UCLA beat Washington. Now they're ranked in their 5-0. and o. Washington was fake because they beat 11 Michigan State. I, I mean, I just think it's all – fake and so what i'm gonna do here is think okay who's more hot right now ucla but this is the pack 12 game this is the this is my conspiracy theory a team beats a good team and now it's the reverse so they're gonna lose their utah's gonna go in there they're gonna win the game outright um and i'm gonna take their money line i think three and a half is bullshit that's just – that's such a fish bag line. If I'm if you guys will allow me to take a money line on this show, of I will course, take a money line. Of course. Yeah, because yeah. the money line is not like minus 500. It's minus 170. Yeah. So, we'll go money line there. And uh, I'm actually going to live with that, and I kind of like it. Like, I'm going to probably put put
0: some on I'm, there. A, I'm not even going to put my name or my pick to this game personally. I don't even want to – I don't even want to put um, it. I like Utah yeah. money.
2: Fair enough. You know what? Just because of that, I'm going to switch to UCLA money line just because i feel like <laughs> um I gotta I gotta match it. Uh, yep, you know, right. if I'm already if I'm already going with the underdog, I might as well say they're winning outright. It's pack yeah. 12. If you're if you're losing by if you're losing by less than a field goal, that's not very pack-12 of you anyway.
1: Agreed. So, I think whoever wins this game covers the spread as well. So that's what that's the main point out of this. Usually it could win, they'll but they'll cover the spread, obviously, if they're
0: gonna win. So our next game is a horrible game, and you definitely shouldn't watch it. Is Wisconsin going to Northwestern, but, and I hope you agree with me on this, at least do I'm hitting the under at 44. And I know it sounds so bad to say this it's 44 and a half. Now I know it sounds so bad to say this, but these two offenses don't score for shit for literally shit. And even though Wisconsin sucks and I, it's, it's I
1: feel so bad for you. This is so painful for yeah, you. It's
0: been really <laughs> difficult this season. All right. And then the Bucks lost. It was just like, all right. Yeah. But the one thing I do take pride in being a Wisconsin fan is the defense is still elite. That has not changed. The defense is still very good. Jim Leonard is a very good defense coordinator. He's going to be the interim head coach for this game for the rest of the season. Um, give that taken. Graham Mertz is the biggest bust four-star quarterback of all time. You were so
1: happy when you got him, dude. He was, he
0: was so the happy. highest, highest ranked quarterback prospect in the history of the school. So happy, and he, and then his first game ever, twenty-one for twenty-three and five touchdowns against Illinois. I'm like, we got the Messiah. We got the one thing we were missing. But I'm not touching. Wisconsin's coming in at minus ten. Wouldn't even be surprised if they don't even score ten points at the game seven to three. But I am hitting. I I am going to take under forty-four and a half.
1: You almost yeah. just sold me there. Um, I just don't want to. I'm trying. Like I said, I'm trying to sweep here. Uh, Zach was able to to sell me on Nevada. You didn't sell me enough there because I, I just as you were talking, I went and looked at like the game logs, and I'm almost like taking the under because Northwestern is so bad. They're so bad. But the one game I was going to take their under and was was the first game of the season when they were in Dublin, and that went over. So, now I'm just like, what's going to happen here? Um, You know what? I'll just – I'll ride That was the most
0: amount of points they put up all season. I agree.
1: I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. So, I'm going to go under for you. I think Wisconsin stands up for Leonard, like you said. I think – I don't think he's a terrible coach, even though he let Ohio State pummel him um, and Illinois. But uh, we'll go – We'll go under for Grayson. We're, this is the this is the ride Grayson. The Grayson pick right here, baby. This is the ride Grayson pick of the year. We're picking you up. I think Wisconsin wins. I don't think they cover the 10 points, but that's not my pick. The pick is the under.
2: Yeah, um, especially if we think Wisconsin is going to pull out the win here, they're definitely going to win it by their ground game. I don't think they're going to try to rely on Mertz too much. Even um, if they rely uh, on Mertz, he's not going to throw a touchdown. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very true. Um, another thing to look for, um, Helensky for Northwestern six touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. They're probably going to keep it on the ground as well. They don't have much trust, um, in either of their quarterbacks, so I definitely don't see them. And Northwestern is coming off um, a 17 to seven loss to number 11th ranked Penn State. Now, Penn State may be overrated given that, but still, top 25 ranked team held them under 20 points. I couldn't imagine Wisconsin who failed to put up more than 10 points on Illinois doing much better in that regard either. So if anything, the most these teams are going to put up is 21. Um, and even if that, that's still hitting the under. So I'm going to ride with the under on this one as well. No, I also, I see feel like a very important thing
0: that we forgot to add to this game is that it is at Northwestern. And as we heard from Maya Hantu and from, Dane, Bell- and from Dane Belton, it is the shittiest field in college football. So that itself also is going to make it a boring, low-scoring game.
1: What does that mean? Is this bad to play on?
0: They said – we had three people, Anthony Nelson, Mayan, and Dane Bowen, Duke, Rutgers, and Iowa, all played at Northwestern. And all three of them have stated it is the shittiest field they've ever played on. The field conditions are horrible. And that to the point where I believe it was Mayan said when they were warming up in the game, they had a coach or a player come over and say – Watch your step near the logo because it's instantly ACL torn. Like the field is terrible. They said that the, the weather conditions out there don't make it better. It's like they don't upkeep with it. And then the stadium's dead. There's no one even there. But they, really all, awesome. three, they, awesome. all three said the same thing, all three of them. And they don't even know each other. And they all three said the exact same thing about their field.
1: Uh, okay. I'm like, I said, I'm taking it for you. No, I'm taking it for me now. Under yeah.
0: There's no way. There's no way you can score a lot of points there, bro. People just tear their ACLs there.
1: Great point. Great point. Obviously, we hope there's no injuries. Yeah, of, um, course, of course. That's not why we're taking the under. We're taking it because people will be avoiding the ACL.
2: Now, they this- want to keep it on the ground so they can get the fuck out of the stadium. They're going to be like, let's, yeah. Yeah. let's, let's get moving. this game over.
0: They, they
1: get, get, get to the, the, the fuck logo out of here. and just go knee, knee, knee and just out. Three and so, out. From, this from next
0: end. game I want to take now, I know I said I hate Pac-12 games, but I feel like this one's a little, this one's weird. This one's really weird. I
1: love yeah. it. I just looked some up. I love
0: it. Got yeah, USC hosting in Washington state. USC coming in at a minus 13 at home. On top of this ESPN's football power index has them at an 87.4% chance of winning. Washington state has Cameron Ward, who was the university of incarnate word quarterback who like broke all the FCS records came to, um came to come here to Washington state doing he's doing all right he's not balling he's he's doing decent but washington state's only loss is oregon and It was three points so this game i don't want to give my i want to hear Stu talk first but before i i'm going to give a i'm going to give a rough draft pick and i'm going to take washington state plus 13.
1: i, I understand why you're doing that um especially after getting beat at home by washington state as a wisconsin fan um I have to note, that's the only road game that Washington State has played so far. Everything else has been up in the woods in the middle of Washington. So that's something to point out. Uh, when you're looking at the, the game logs on ESPN, as a square better, you're seeing, oh, my gosh, Washington State's they're winning and they're almost beating Oregon. Um, but then you go over to USC, and obviously they're killing everybody. They're winning every game. But something that's sticking out to me right here is the three home games aren't close. They're not even close. Rice, Fresno, and Arizona State, not even close. I actually took Fresno in that game. Just got blown out. I think 13 points, they're just going to roll. I, I I think they're going to roll. So I'm taking USC, but I don't have a problem if you take Washington State. Like some some of these picks, I'm like, oh, you have the wrong pick. But like right here, like I, I can see why you would take Washington State, but I really think USC just rolls here. Um, that's what do you my- think
0: about uh, the over at 66, under over? Over Um,
1: I, I, yeah, I don't even have a comment on that. I would go under, I guess, but I, that's not my pick. My pick is USC. Money line or
0: 13?
1: Thir- 13. I, I'm like, yeah, 13. The only reason I would ever take a money line on the show is, is if it's like a three point or less spread. And I have to state that. So 13 my pick.
0: All right, Zach.
2: I want to avoid this game as much as possible, but Mama did raise no bitch. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick someone. I'm going to take Washington State plus 13. I've been riding with the underdogs this entire pod. I'm going to stick to it. Um, You know, I think the under would be worth betting just for the sake of, you know, you look at that Oregon game, you see how high scoring it is. You see how often they've gone over. But um, more than I look at it, um, Cougars seem to be playing better defensively as the season keeps going on you know um given they've been playing mostly home games it is going to be tough away i dude usc just ever since that close call with oregon state i really just don't fucking trust them dude like i ah it's so hard to really go there i guess i'll stick um (laughs) with the plus 13
0: um is, is if jordan addison gets shut down caleb williams like freaks out
2: yeah um I don't think they will shut them down per se, but look, from a betting perspective, the Cougars have split two games they've played as underdogs this season. Um, so, and the only time they were a plus 370 or over in a game, they ended up winning that game. So, last time the spread was this big, they ended up pulling it off.
0: I'm riding with Zach Watts. Or take, I'm taking Washington State plus 13. Give it to me. Give it yeah, to me. Go ahead. Fair enough. Give it to me. Next yeah. game. Now, now, this, this to me, Stu, is a freaking weird, weird, weird game.
1: Weird, dude. You guys are picking hard games at the end. Super
0: weird game. Hey, if you don't want to touch it, you don't got to touch it. You can say, like, you know we'll what?
1: Hey, I'm touching Got Number 16,
0: going. BYU, going to 2-2 two two, Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming in at a minus
1: 3.5.
0: Mm. ESPN Football Index has Notre Dame at a 70% chance of winning. Um. Super weird, super fucking weird. But I'm going to go against everything I believe, and I'm going to rock with Notre Dame. And you're going to ask, Grayson, is there any real reason to support it? And I'm going to tell you, absolutely not. My real reason to support this game is because – let me just pull it up real quick. Is because motherfucking Chase Roberts balled out against Baylor. We shouted him out on the pod, shouted him out on the social media. I DM him, and he left us on red. So because of that, oh. fuck him, I'm rocking Notre Dame minus three and a half with no logic whatsoever other than fuck you, Chase Roberts. And I know oh. you're a virgin because you go to fucking BYU. Loser,
1: thanks. Biggest loser in college football. That guy's a fucking loser. I was about to take Notre Dame anyways. That guy, Chase Roberts, fuck
0: you. Go. If you don't open it, I understand that because you can yeah. see it. You can look and be like, oh, I'm not going to click it. But he clicked it, opened it, and read it, and then wasn't even like a thanks. Just yeah, nothing. no, I don't yeah.
1: I don't know how vulgar you want me to get, but he's a cocksucker. Yeah,
0: you know?
1: no, get it, You're <laughs> <about> it. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Notre Dame as well. Like I said earlier, it's it's three and a half. I don't feel comfortable with, the, with that that spread. I'm going to go money line here. Um, I like their coach first off. Uh, first game of the year, Ohio State. I thought they didn't. I thought they did not look bad, especially with how Ohio State is playing now. I really don't think it was that bad of a loss. The next game, the Marshall game, that's inexcusable. I think they were just – they kind of had a hangover from the Ohio State game, personally. Uh, Since then, they've rattled off two wins, one home, one away, both decent teams at least. Um, And BYU, the only road test that they've had – obviously, they've played against USF here in Tampa. That's not a test. Yeah, exactly. But they went on the road and lost to Oregon by two, uh, three touchdowns.
0: So, and, and honestly, the, the score of that game doesn't do it justice. They got manhandled. that Yeah. Game.
1: Yeah. So now you're going to go into probably arguably like one of the most historic stadiums in all of sports mm-hmm. in primetime with a guy who doesn't answer his DMs. And you're going to tell me that he's going to beat Notre Dame. That place is going to be rocking. And you know what? Notre Dame may be 25 after this win. They may put them in at 25 at
0: three and two. I don't know about that, but yeah, I like where you're
1: going. Where's who does Notre Dame play next week? Because if they can sell some, if they can sell something here, but like a, a good matchup, a 25 versus another ranked team, and they don't play
0: anybody good for that like
1: Okay, so never mind. My theory's off, but I still think they're going to win. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm taking Notre Dame 3.5. Zach, give me money line.
2: Yeah. And fuck
1: Chase Roberts.
0: Yeah, fuck Chase Roberts.
2: Yeah, you know what? Let's go Notre Dame money line. Um, I always say Notre Dame's overrated, but I'd rather pick an overrated team than a piece of shit uh, program with some <laughs> asshole players. Yes,
0: sir. So uh, oh, let's ride with that. Um, the next yeah. game. oh, I'm sorry, Zach.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule the rest of the year. Um, Stanford and UNLV next week, I think if they beat BYU this week, uh, after they beat Stanford and UNLV, they'll probably give them a ranking if yeah, Syracuse yeah, love, stays yeah, ranked. i, love that Syracuse game. I hyped like that. up. And right after Syracuse, they play at home versus Clemson. So yeah,
1: well, so they're gonna get their ranking. Like that. If, this is if they win here, and they need to. They need to sell sell matchups. This is the WWE at the
0: end of the day. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Yeah, it's all oh, yeah. at the end of the day. The, the 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 older you get, the more you realize it's all about money. It's. All about money.
1: The older you get is we are fans of the greatest reality TV show on earth. Yeah. We are. Doesn't mean yeah. it's fake, but it means it's, it is reality TV. They're, they're, they they're sell it just like
0: it. So this next game, I, I don't want to go first on this one, but I will introduce it <laughs> Florida State going to number 14, NC State, both 4-1, and one, both getting their first loss this past hey. weekend. NC State coming in at minus three. I'm, are you wanting over, under 50 and a half? I'm letting you guys start. I don't want to touch this
1: one yet. Zach, I'll give it to you, bro. I, I'll go next, but I'll give it to you right now.
2: Um, for anyone tuning in, please take this with a grain of salt. I am so biased uh, in this pick, so um, I'll try to be as reasonable as possible. by the tran- By the transitive properties of college football, Clemson played a closer game against Wake Forest than they did against NC State. FSU lost. Honestly, should have lost. lost. FSU should have beaten Wake if we had Jared Burse and if we actually win that interior offensive or uh battle in the trenches essentially, O line versus C line. NC State, weaker on the line, not as many weapons, doesn't have a quarterback with as big as cojones as Sam Hartman. Given those, if Jared versus is back, fully healthy, ready to go, the ACC sack leader, I think FSU can get it done. Because the spread's only minus three, I'm going to be an idiot and I'm going to take FSU money line anyway. I think this is where my downfall will begin is by taking the money line. I think if I were just to play it safe, I'd be fine. Five hours, ago,
0: five hours ago, Coach Mike Norvell told reporters that defensive end Jared Verse will be available this week. Give me Florida
1: State money line. Okay, as you were talking, I knew you were going to take FSU, so it just gave me time to go research more. Um, I will be taking the prime time under at 51 points.
2: Mm, Solid. I I love that.
1: good about that. Like you just said, he's back now. Um, 42 combined – or no, never mind. Excuse me. Um, Both went over that total in their games last week. I think the squares, the public see that. And now that's going to come back to the mean. Um, I think NC State will be rocking. This is one of the biggest games they've had at NC State. I mean, yeah. I think I, I just, I like this under, and I like it a lot. So that's my pick.
2: So
0: this is very hard for me to do, but I think I'm going to take NC State in this one. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to – if I lose on this, I don't give a shit because I want Florida State to win. But I said it on the last pod, uh, when, I said it on two NFL pods ago, there is just something about NC State that they upset Florida State. Russell Wilson did it before he went to Wisconsin. Mike Glennon did it, and freaking J- Jacoby Brissett did it. For some reason, good NC State teams are Florida State's kryptonite. I don't know what it is about that at all, but I – i'm gonna have to go with nc i'm gonna i'm gonna take nc state minus three but i don't want it i want you guys to know that i don't want this i just i just think logically without bias that they're gonna that that's a smarter pick
1: i can't i can't even hate on you respect
0: yeah i'm hating on myself though internally
1: (laughs) i'm not gonna add fuel to that fire i have to make a comment before we get into the next two games I've said multiple times on this podcast that I have now canceled the state of Iowa. And what do you guys do? The last two matchups are Iowa State and then Iowa. So, I mean, I want to make a disclaimer. I will not be betting these picks that I give out, but uh, here we are with two Iowa games. So, let's get it started.
0: So, first one, ah! number 20. <laughs> number 20 Kansas State going to Iowa State. Kansas State coming in at a minus two favorite. Zach Watts, start us off. You're the one that wanted to add this game to the slate. Let's hear it,
2: Dude, um, you know, you keep bringing up this Tulane talk. And, you know, I'm really getting sick and tired of it. I think Iowa State just – Iowa State's one of those programs where, like, you think they're going to figure it out every week, and then they end up just losing – to quality opponents like every time like they will have their one uh, the, quality the best
0: way to describe Iowa State is they lose to average teams and beat really good teams
2: yeah look I'm sorry they only beat Iowa by three points I think um Adrian Martinez is a, just a better quarterback I think he has all the tools and what it takes to beat Iowa State you know the line is plus or minus two for Kansas state. And you know, the fact that Iowa state's even favored in this game per the power index, I just think it makes it that much easier uh, to take the money line in a sense. Um, look, I'm going to take them sh- straight up. I'm going to take the Kansas state money line. Um, ah, dude. I don't know. It's just one of those feeling games. I just don't think Iowa state's really all that. I think Kansas state really is just looked down upon because of how poorly they played against Tulane. But since that two lane game you know they've they've been pretty solid uh wins against six ranked at the time oklahoma and now coming off uh nine point win against texas tech i yeah. think they have the tools i think they have what it takes i'm going to take money line in this sense um yeah. it just makes too much sense i'm gonna be, be
1: doing real. the exact same thing yeah i'm same gonna
2: same i'm also taking money
0: line for kansas state i think adrian martinez they're finally learning how to use him properly I don't think they really – I think even when they played Tulane, they didn't really know how to use him now. But now they realize, all right, he's more of a run-heavy guy. Let's use his feet. And He's been tearing it up with his feet. The only other thing I have to say, I am taking Kansas State money line, is if you guys can, look up this quarterback for Iowa State, Hunter Deckers. This man has the most crimson chin head ass I've <laughs> ever seen in my entire life, bro. Like, he looks like Iowa. Like, like, if you had a computer-generated person to represent the state of Iowa, it's Hunter Deckers. Okay, but I'm taking I'm taking Adrian Martinez and Kansas State money line.
2: Dude, Hunter Deckers looks like if Brody Ellis just like injected like three months worth of tests and directly into his jawline. <laughs> it's just, It's a brick. Jesus, but yeah, like I said, we've been fading Iowa um the state of Iowa at least from now here on out. So yeah, I'm glad we're riding with Kansas State in this one. Kansas Actually, is just hot. I-
1: yeah I like uh I like that pick like I know I'm, I know I'm canceling Iowa State, but that doesn't mean I can't bet their games. I actually did say I'm canceling any game involved, but I'm gonna take Kansas State actually bet it. So I was wrong.
0: Last game of the podcast thank you guys for bearing with us so far Iowa going to Illinois three and two Iowa four and one Illinois Illinois minus three and a half favorite 60.1 percent chance according to ESPN for Illinois. I am not touching this game personally. I'm going to, don't even want to get near it. I think it's way too weird. But Zach Watts has something up his sleeve, he thinks.
2: Yeah. um, Let's just take Illinois outright. Let's just take the money line there. Um, I think Petras is, I think this is the game Petras is going to lose his starting job. uh, The backup,
0: what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing from the inside is
2: the backup isn't any better. I'm well aware, but you might—you gotta see, you gotta see, you, you, gotta have, see. To. <laughs> you have to. Like it, it is so bad; it's gonna be so bad to the point. You know, I was right about—I was right about our NFL pod when I said we'd see Zappy and Pickett. And you know, I'm gonna—I'm gonna try to drag this a little over into the college side of things. I think this is this is Petrus's funeral. You know, Illinois is coming in hot off that win over Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin—not a super quality team, but in years past, this would have been a great win for Illinois. I think they proved that their rushing attack has been really solid. You know, if it wasn't for that one loss against Indiana, I think they look like a solid program here. They are four and one. They should have um, won that
0: Indiana game. We had that bet. We had
2: that bet. Yeah, yeah. Should have won. Should have won that game. I think if they would have won that, this game is an easy call. Um, God damn it! State of Iowa is just in <laughs> complete disarray. I yeah. I have no respect for them.
1: No, um, none at
2: all. And, and. Hey, they're good at wrestling, though. We'll give them that. One of Illinois' best strengths is their rushing defense. And the only thing Iowa's going to be able to do is stop, is going to be able to run the ball. And they're not going to be able to do that.
0: If Wisconsin couldn't run on Illinois, there's absolutely no way Iowa is. No way,
1: man. And that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, Illinois, Illinois defensive tackle, CCC product, Tampa Bay product. Jerzon Johnny Newton, he leads – Leads the FBS in most pressures. Um, Petrus is going to be running for his life all day, and you know what happens when that happens. It goes into the ground. The ball goes into the ground two yards in front of him. No receivers to be found. Um, Petrus only has two picks. That's because he cannot keep the ball in the air. He's a terrible quarterback. He's not a leader of men. I think the Iowa coach will be fired at the end of the year. I think Petrus will lose his job to the other loser behind him, and then the loser will lose it to the other loser behind him. I think this team is in complete disarray more than Iowa State, and I think Illinois – I mean, they're going to be 5-1 after this game. Watch out, Caleb Carnes. Does Michigan play them this year? I'm, I mean – who knows? Who knows what the Big Ten? Big Ten could be maybe the worst conference behind the pack or in front of the Pac-12. Oh, relax, relax. relax. Would it? Be, Think about it.
2: Would SEC it be? Would it be Michigan? S. What? The, Michigan will face off against Illinois, the second-to-last game of the year. <laughs> Caleb, bro, that
0: sounds pretty <laughs> Michigan to lose that.
2: Oh, not, not, not only that, not only that. They had to play that game, and then Michigan – let's look at Michigan's schedule because I know there's – I think they play
0: – they, they they play somebody easy this week, and then they're at Penn State, I believe.
2: But they're going to win that – Penn State's another top-10 team that I just think doesn't I deserve think a top-10. They,
1: they got a good ranking because they beat the James Franklin team. is so
2: overrated. Yeah. So overrated. If, if anything, if I'm calling it now, I'm going to say Illinois, no matter what the spread is, is probably going to cover, and then – um, whether they win or lose, Michigan is for sure getting destroyed by Ohio State. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is the most Michigan ass thing. Undefeated and then lo- lose to goddamn uh, lose to goddamn Ryan Day. Uh
1: yeah, Ryan's mission right now. He's he's doing fake punts and shit. I, I don't know about him.
2: He's oh, real quick, right before we finish pod. Oh, wait,
1: I have oh uh, just just saying Illinois money line. I don't know if I made that clear enough. Illinois money line.
2: <laughs> I'll take that with you if I'm gonna I'm gonna take a minus three and a half. I, I had a money line. I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take the spread. If we put Ryan Day and Greg Schiano in a cage fight,
0: who you who are you rocking with? Greg Schiano whooping that ass. No. yeah, I think Ciano
1: i in I, round I, one, fun. bro. Yeah. Schiano's a beefy
0: boy, bro. Dude,
1: he he has that dog, bro. He will literally put Ryan Day in a fucking stretcher. Yeah, yeah one of be close.
2: One of be close, dude. Ryan Day. Looks like the type of guy who, like, got kicked off the JV team but got brought on as, like, a team manager. So, then, like, he's just been – McDonald. <laughs> he's been team managing his way into a head coaching job. That, that's what happened. Thanks. That's the best so – I State felt bad.
1: Best comparison yeah. I've ever heard. Or, yeah, comparison. Oh,
2: yeah. My, my <laughs> oh, sorry, Zach, finish off. yeah I want to say that might be on par with, I think, Steve Sarkeesian Let's – the recruits fuck his wife I, that like that is where <laughs> like if i like <laughs> in my coach's hierarchy i'm gonna say ryan days a team manager may come in at two but steve sarkisian 100 percent lets the recruits fuck his wife there's no way around it i like there's no way you get a team to buy into his program when i saw his fucking glasses on the sideliner in the alabama game Uh-oh. i was like this i was like i hate this guy the only other thing worse than that is I I 100% believe that Dabo Sweeney jerks off to like his to like his team like his team roster every year. Mm-hmm. I think he just like beats teams by 21 plus, and then he goes home and he's like, oh my god, well, yeah, that's why I he runs out him. of the tunnel first. He's like that first one down the hill. He's like, everyone, look at me. He's like, I'm the guy. No, no, he, he is a big look at me guy. Yeah, he's a he's huge
1: a guy. guy. He tries to be nondiscreet, but then he does everything he can to make sure you're looking at him. I, yeah. can, I definitely see that. Definitely. Yeah, hey,
0: that. that's everything to wrap up. College football week six. Thank you guys for tuning in. Mr. Stewart Ford, thank you for your company and your time. With love it was you. On.
1: Pleasure. Love you.
0: Hopefully we get this podcast room done soon enough that we can do an in-person pod with everybody. we very spectacular. Is that a thing thing that's happening? It is a thing that's happening. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Really? But thank you, guys. Everyone have a great rest of your week, and we will keep you posted with all of our picks.